Access granted. Welcome nerd. Episode 35. Loading file. Load complete. This is the Amazing Nerd Show, episode 35. 35. That's a little reminder for me because I messed up last week. Yes, it is not episode <laughs> 23 or 24. <laughs> I was confused. I almost turned off the episode. So oh, sorry geez. to any fans who <laughs> missed the last episode. Um, but Christian had other things on his mind. Yeah. He was headed to the Comic-Con, Chicago Comic-Con. Yes. Is it is it Wizard World? Still? It's Wizard World. Yeah. Okay. So All it's right. Wizard World, Chicago Comic Con. Yes. It used to be a, a big deal mm-hmm. here. Um, now it seems like C two E two is kind of like taking over that mantle. Mm-hmm. There's a new uh, con coming oh, this Ace year. Ace Chicago Comic Con. Yeah. Is it? It's its first year, correct? I I think so. I okay. haven't heard of it till now, so. Because so, when they released the information with all these big celebrities being there, I was like, okay. So yeah, there's some big names mm-hmm. on that, but. Chicago Comic Con, Wizard World, not so much this year, huh? It was mostly like TV actors. Some, um, I would say, past, not past the. Okay, I don't want to be rude <laughs> and say past the prime, wrestlers, but like, yeah. It used. I mean, it seems like lately, you know, the past couple years is kind of the Comic Con and rest in peace. But like, you know, like where you see like Adam West or something like that mm-hmm. show up. Um, you know, well, like, the last time I even went to this, Stan Lee was there. There was big. There was a lot of big. It names, used to so. be a bigger name, but I feel like C two E two kind of took all the mm. you know shine off of Wizard World. Um, Marvel used to show up. DC used to show up and do things there. Now, not so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, the luster's kind of gone. I mean, I'm sure it was still a good time. I mean, yes, I still got what I came for, which was mostly the Ruby content and the Ruby people that were there. Um, and then my girlfriend got to meet her like favorite person from Charmed, and it was like, um, I was just like I was pushing her to go say hi to people because like she was like nervously walking around. Okay. And um, this I guess this girl that was running that guy's booth said, "Oh, I like your hair. Would would you be interested in like getting a free photo and autograph with him?" Just randomly. Like yeah. Like she's like, I've been wa- I've been noticing you walking back and forth in the con. I was like, are, are "Did you- they use it for their social media or something?" No, because it was on her free. phone. <laughs> it was on her phone. She well, was like, really nice. It was really nice of her. Uh, she like pretended to scan my badge and got her a free thing. Oh, that's awesome. So that's really awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, Shout was, out to whoever that guy is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know my charm, so. I'm not a big charm guy either. Um, God. It's got a nice like following, though. Yes, you can, you can see it on our Instagram. Yes, <laughs> everything's posted on Instagram. Christian took a lot of amazing pictures. Um, a lot of awesome cosplayers. But when it there. came to be my turn, was the like, I I've been like super confident to this point, and uh, then I got to meet them, <laughs> and I was I was the, these are the the uh, the voice actresses for uh, for Ruby, Ruby the main team. Okay, 
Um, did your uh, knees start to shake? Hmm? Did your knees start to shake? N- Be honest. Yes. <laughs> this was like... You didn't uh, trip? No. Can we uh, tell people that story? What? Oh, CM Punk? <laughs> <laughs> Years ago, Years Christian ago, went yes. to meet CM Punk. And what happened, Christian? Um... Is that a signing, right? Yes. No, it was a photo. So I got to take okay. a photo with CM Punk. And the guy before me, like, we, like, did that whole, like, back and forth dance. Like, we didn't know who could pass who. Then I, of course, tripped past him. Punk's, of course, like, oh, the awkwardness of Comic-Cons. <laughs> he's laughing it off. I'm like, this is great. This is the worst moment of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Christian. Uh, um, so nothing like that happened. No, no, no. With no. the Ruby Girls. Like, um, I was Wait, fine I with the, the first three, but the last one does other shows and is a big part of Rooster Teeth, the company that makes it. Okay. So I guess I just I just shut down. Like, I wanted to say, like, all these things. I just shut down. She's like, are you, are you okay? Oh! And I was like, <laughs> She had to yes. get you through it? Okay. She guided me through it, and eventually I was able to, like, let her know why I'm a big fan and all that stuff. And oh, she came cool. out and she hugged me and... Awesome. That's really sweet. That's cool. Hmm. It's always nice when you meet like one of your heroes and they're actually, you know, a good person. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Just not mocking you while you're on the floor. Yes. <laughs> so, um, but and then you got a big like photo taken with all mm-hmm. of them and everything. That's awesome. That's awesome. So that's a memory. You yes, know? It's, that was a good experience. But otherwise, the con was like, it was so so. You know, it was mm-hmm. um, even the vendors seemed to be like. We got a little storm going on, I people. I guess so. <laughs> We're not bowling or anything. I'll Chicago try the weather. I'll try to control that. But <laughs> uh, um, even the vendors seemed pretty, like, not too unique. The ones that were unique, of course, I grabbed a card because I didn't have a lot of money to be, like, buying everything. $50. Yeah. I'm sure you could easily like just drop, like, $100, like, oh, the yeah. first 10 minutes walking in. Food alone was have. just, like, we went through money just like that. So, really? Yes. Okay. So, were the prices just outrageous? It was like like ten dollars an item, pretty much. Okay, okay. Have you done C two E two? I have not yet. See, I my sister goes to C two E two, and her husband, and they mm. swear by it. Um, they used to do Wizard World for years, but now they're they they it's not even a thought. They're mm. going to C two E two every year. So, um, and I don't know if they're just more fan friendly or what, but I know they definitely have like you know the bigger names and everything. So. You know, and that kind of experience is important. Like, you yes. want to be guaranteed. Like, you're spending so much money, you want to be guaranteed a good experience. So, um, but, um, you know, other than that, did you meet anyone else? Um, the guy from Charm? And, uh, I said hi to Christian. So oh, okay. It's like Christian, a Christian moment. Um, <laughs> Christian, a Christian. <laughs> <laughs> did you tell him you were one of his peeps? No, because I'm not. Oh, <laughs> I'm one of his peeps, damn it. It's like one charisma. of my least favorite. That's ridiculous. <laughs> what do you have against Christian? I just never liked him. Really? I don't know. Oh, God, I love Christian. Like, Edge and Christian wasn't a big fan. Fantastic worker. Own. Awesome heel. <laughs> What's not to love? I don't know. I was. You're out of your mind. I don't know. I'm crazy. You're a fucking um, mark. <laughs> I ran into Billy Gunn several times. He watched. Did you me. tell him you're an ass man, too? No. <laughs> <laughs> You sent me a message to do that. I was like, nah. Especially after he watched me like accidentally drop my pamphlet and have to pick it up. Awkwardly. You almost had another CM uh, pump. Almost, moment. yes. <laughs> That's great. But I could like seriously. He just stared and watched He's me do the entire huge, time. Fucking huge, though, isn't he? No, 
He's he's like six six. He, he didn't seem that big to he's me. He's six six. Christian, you're like my height. He is huge <laughs> to you, and he's like two hundred and seventy pounds of solid muscle. That guy's big. I don't know, you just let him do that works out. Okay, well. You seem, you seem very casual. Well, you weren't impressed. I was impressed <laughs> by him, so. Surprisingly, not a lot of people there to see Velvet Sky. She was there, and there was, like, no line for her ever. Huh, really? Really? But you never you never went and got an autographs for, like, uh No, I, did, I didn't have money for that. Okay. At the time. I'm sure were they charging, like, no. 30 bucks a pop or yeah. something? So. Okay. That seems standard. I came broke, and that was a bad idea. Yes, that is a bad idea. <laughs> Then you're just window shopping, and that's yep. no fun. All right, man. Well, it sounds like you had a decent experience, yes. though. All right. Um, what do we got news-wise this week? Um, Suspiria dropped a trailer. Yes, yes. Haunting. I thought it was haunting. Mm-hmm. I, I am more and more excited for that by the day, and that's coming in early November. It's like right after Halloween. Mm-hmm. So um, I wish it was an October release, you know, you know for some reason. They can only have like two or three horror movies drop in October. Mm. I mean, I guess you don't want to compete. Well, you've got some big names coming out this October. Too. Yeah, um, but there was years where it was just like Saw, mm. and that was it. Then it became like Paranormal Activity, you yeah. know, um, you know, for a stretch. So I, I, I'm glad that there's some bigger movies coming out this October. But for me, like, I want to release every week. <laughs> you know, just give uh. me something to go to the theater for. So, but I mean, it's literally like the weekend of Halloween. So, I mean, that's still cool, I guess. You know, for me, every day is Halloween anyway, so. But um, I thought this looked great. I mean, like, I think we discussed before, it's it seems completely different than Argento's, you know, mm-hmm. uh, vision of the movie. Um, it's not this, like, Technicolor-like nightmare that, you know, he had on the screen. Um, you know, it's very, like, I don't know, like, the colors are very muted and everything, but it's still very, like, I don't know, haunting and you know, odd, and just from the trailer alone, you know you're in for, like, a ride. So, um, I actually really enjoyed, too, the score that they had mm-hmm. in the trailer, because that's going to be another, like, huge thing that's going to be different, is, you know, with the original Suspiria, it has this, you know, iconic score by Goblin. So, to have a score that even comes close to it, it's going to be very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, quite the undertaking. So, I, I, from just the little, you know, snippets that we heard, um, I was impressed, so I'm looking forward to it. I mean, we've heard stories that like Quinto Tarantino, after like a viewing, like <laughs> literally started to cry and like you know hugged mm. the director. So um, there's a lot of people that are talking about this movie. There's a big buzz around it. So that's good. I didn't realize it was a Amazon like studios film. Yes, yes, and it's getting a huge mm. release. Um, so I don't know, man. I. Always when there's this much hype, I'm always like <laughs> bracing myself to be disappointed. So mm. there is that part of me, but I mean, I love the fact even in the trailer, it it showed you enough of the elements from the original movie to get you excited, but at the same time, it didn't show you too much. Mm. You know, it showed you like the three mothers and everything from Argento's like trilogy, and you know, kind of just give you a little taste to let you know what you know it's there. Um, you know, and you don't know what the fuck's going on in the trailer, no. which I love. Those are the kind of trailers I like, you know. I hate those trailers, as we've discussed many times, yes. where it literally shows you the whole fucking movie. So, this was not it, you know. It left you enough to just kind of give you that creepy feeling and wanting to see more. So, um, your thoughts on it? Um, I definitely like the performances that we saw. Like, it's good to see, you know, something so far different for Dakota Johnson, uh-huh. rather than, you know, 
Fifty Shades fame and everything. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize it was Chloe Grace Moretz with in that trailer whatsoever till the very end. Yes. When they yes. said her name, I was like, oh okay. She was. I don't think she was really featured in the uh, teaser. No. Trailer. So it seems like she's got kind of like a like a Rumsfeld kind of deal going on mm. and stuff where she's like seriously like playing a messed up character who's been traumatized by something. So. Um, you know, like a different side of her, you know, acting, you know, skills that mm. we haven't necessarily seen before. So, and don't get me wrong, she's a phenomenal actress. Yes. So, but, um... And you you're know, always going to get a good performance out of Tilda Swinton, so... Yes. Yes. <laughs> Some people were speculating that she's actually the old man in the trailer, too. Watch it back and see if you get... Because at first I was like, what? That's crazy. And then I watched it back and I was like, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> With just some heavy prosthetics on? Yes, that's people were speculating. I don't know if that's true or not. I'll have to watch so, that back and check. Yeah. See if I notice anything. So, I mean, this movie has some huge shoes to fill. I mean, it's such a cult classic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's on a lot of people's, like, top ten horror movie like movies of all time. So, I mean, to even have this buzz is remarkable because a lot of horror movie fans right away you say I'm remaking Suspiria and they're going to start shitting on it right away mm. you know so the fact that it has this buzz and everything like that I mean like yeah you usually like, you run into that danger with remakes quite often so. and especially of iconic movies I mean mm. like I enjoyed you know Rob Zombie's Halloween for the most part you know but people like it's like blasphemy to even say really that. A lot. I, of I had a lot of good buzz around the first one. I, the, the second one took me out of it a bit. You know what? I enjoy the second one on like a visual, like for the visuals. Mm. Like I really like the cinematography for that movie and everything, and just how insane it is. I like that it was different. Um, but I understand why people would be like turned off by it at the same time. I mean, they don't even play the fucking main um, Halloween, you know, uh, soundtrack score mm. in that movie, so it's very different. But I kind of, I, I kind of dug it, you know, just because it was so different. You know, it's better than fucking Halloween Part Five. So I mean, people can go screw. It. <laughs> and and uh, what's the one with Buster Rhymes? Fucking oh, um, fucking uh, doing a fucking that, uh, kung fu kick to Michael Myers in the. <laughs> either way, it was a great it was moment. horrible. Like Buster Rhymes learns karate from yes. watching fucking like kung fu movies and. <laughs> Actually, karate kicks fucking He's Michael Myers. He's busted fucking rhymes, Oh, man. my God. <laughs> oh, I was young when I saw that movie. I almost walked out of that theater. I was like, I know this is wrong. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, regardless, mm. I don't know how we got down this rabbit hole, but, you know, screw those movies. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no. Check out Suspiria. That's all well, I, I got to say. I mean, keeping I, up with people's top ten, like, horror films and stuff. We have Texas Chainsaw coming to the small screen. Yes, supposedly. There are strong rumors going around right now that um, a major studio, um, Kim Henkley, who was actually the screenwriter for Texas Chainsaw Massacre and like a, a producer on the movie, the rights um, converted back to, to them. So they are shopping around to like a major studio right now. And it looks like Legendary might be picking it up. Um, they have like the rights to like Godzilla mm. and some other they actually have the rights to Nightmare on Elm Street which I didn't even realize right now mm. um, and they're shopping also for the rights of Friday the 13th um, which is like in like legal hell right now there's, oh. there's a lot of like you know courtroom drama going on right now for the rights for that movie so I think it's like Paramount and 
I don't know if New Line is still like part owners, but there's just it's a mess. Like it's something uh, similar to like you know Kim getting the rights back. The rights I think reverted back to that to the original screenwriter of the mm-hmm. of the story, and now they're fighting it out in court. Like there's some like that's always great. Going on. Yes. <laughs> so who knows? Because there was big rumors for years that we were going to get a Friday Thirteen. Like every year, it seemed like oh, you know, it's in pre-production. Yes, you know? they were talking about the remake. Um, like it was going to be in the winter and like all these other crazy ideas, and then you know we would just hear nothing. Yeah, we 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 get more video game news than anything. You know, finally the game actually dropped, mm. um, and still no movie. That was still more of a fan made project though, rather than yes. being a major. Studio, yes, so. yes. How was that game? Was it? Um, it's it's fine. It's it's like a kill your friends type game. So, <laughs> uh, which seemed to be all the rage. I don't so. know if you've ever heard of um, Dead by Daylight. I've heard of it. I don't. I. You it's know, it's kind of the same vein as that game where it's just like you have your four or five friends are running around and you're hunting them yeah and you're hunting them as uh, Jason so. sounds like a good time mm-hmm. <laughs> they, there's definitely a ton of fan service like it's all the different costumes you can pick all the different errors yes so. yes and like as someone who's not a gamer it got me interested to see all those little Easter mm-hmm. eggs and different things they're doing they've been that. doing um, new challenges where it's like reenacting certain parts from different films and stuff like that that's cool. That's cool. Is it worth like checking it out for like a novice gamer like me? I would say it's. I would buy it at like half price okay. rather than like I view that as a twenty dollar game. So okay, it's been out for a while. Will, mm-hmm. will will something like that eventually drop down to that? Um, it should. I don't know what the base price of it right now is. I'm hoping it's not a sixty dollar. Okay. Yeah, because it's been out for a couple years, right? Hmm. I just felt like we were hearing about it for a good like five. I think years. it's. A year old by now. Is it just a year old? Okay. A year or a year and a half. Alright, so, but, I mean, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Chainsaw. So, it looks like they could be working on a deal with Legendary. So, um, and that could be a possible movie, and that could be a possibly a possible uh, TV series. Um, what are your thoughts on a TV series for Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Um, if it's got a hard R, if it's got, if it's got, like, wants to do whatever yeah. I'm fine with it but when it comes down to like a TV 14 and it's yeah it can yeah I don't know I mean maybe if it's on like EMC or something I mean with what they've done with Walking Dead I mm. mean they're pretty out there you know now so yeah but I want to see limbs coming off I want to see they you see limbs coming off in Walking Dead though think about it we yes, saw fucking you... Herschel's head come clean off that's true so I, I guess I, mean, I guess I'm thinking of it as they're going to water it down as my initial reaction. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if they give it that same treatment, as I'm trying Walking to think. Dead, I mean, then... like maybe Stars or something could do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could do Netflix, you know, depending on where they want to shop it. So I feel like there's a way around. Like now, like this is the perfect time to release something like this. We've seen other like horror movies go like the TV route, like Psycho and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And Psycho did have like a good like buzz for a while. It was like with Bates Motel or something like that, I believe. Yes. Uh, Bates um, Motel was a good show. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's not new. Like, people, mm. they've done it in the past. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm willing to give it a shot. I mean, what I think, I think Chainsaw lends itself to a TV show, too, because a lot of times, you know, Leatherface isn't necessarily the, you know, main focus of the movies mm. it's kind of you know his family the group of people that he has around him like helping him and stuff like that so you could you get a strong supporting cast around him and everything 
I think you could, you know, maintain a TV show. Yes. I don't know necessarily how it would work and who you would be following um, as an audience, but I, I definitely could see it working. I mean, like, I mean, I still, um, like, Sheriff Hoyt's from, you know, the remakes, um, Chop Top from the part two. I mean, those are, like, cult-like figures now in the, in the horror world. So, I mean, I definitely feel like you can get a really good story that you could follow and some cool mm. characters out of it. So I, I see why not. Um, is there any other, like, horror movie properties that you think would work well on a small screen? I mean, if I wanted to keep it in the slasher realm, I would I would do a Friday the 13th as a TV show. I can I see I totally that. see the camp counselor vibe going on, um, and then it's just like, you know, you're losing someone almost every episode. I could see something where, like, Tommy Jarvis comes back and is, like, hunting, like, Jason. You know, like, they did, like, good, like, three movies with mm-hmm. that character. You know, we saw, like, a young Corey Feldman playing Tommy Jarvis, and then you saw him age. You know, I mean, the, the, the timeline makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> I think the next movie he was, like, in his 20s. But still, it, I could see that, like, that's his main, like, you know, protagonist or something like that. And it's about Jarvis, like, kind of being traumatized by him and kind of hunting, you know, almost this, like, mythical, like, you know, beast at this point. Um yeah, so I think it could work. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I think if it's just a pure slasher, I think it would get dull very quickly. If you know, depending on how well written it is. Yes. Um, but it all comes down to people. Script. There, are people of uh, Scream. Scream had a, a TV show, mm. right? I think they still do, right? On MTV or something. Is MTV still a thing? MTV's still a thing. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it's still running or not. Okay. I know that, that people had not they, too recent. It had a buzz around, even mm. though like the mask was wrong and everything. <laughs> like it had a following. So because I remember hearing lots of things, I checked out like half the season. It was okay. So um, I mean, you could do it. I know it's not traditionally liked, but Scream Queens does a very good job at playing off of like the horror movie genre mm-hmm. with how like it's the different right. tropes and everything mm-hmm. like that. So, I mean, maybe, like, I don't want to see it, like, spoof, though. Like, that's the one thing. I, I think we've had enough of that. Mm. You know, living through the 90s and the Scream, like, you know, craze where, like, every movie after that was very much, like, tongue-in-cheek, you know, kind of, you know, spoofing all those, like, slasher tropes. Mm. So I don't want it to go too far in that direction, but I could see them maintaining, you know, it. You know, if you have the right story and the right writers and people actually trying to take it seriously, it, it could be done. So well, that's all it takes. Who would you put in? Oh, what movie? Yeah, if would you I... had to take a horror movie and put it into a TV show, I think I think Nightmare on Elm Street would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, we just got one. We got um, Ash vs. the Evil Dead. You know, I mm. I only watched the first season. Not because, like, it turned me off or anything. I just have to catch up on the rest of it. That was well done from what I saw. You know, and that definitely lend itself to, you know, a good story mm-hmm. and a lot of fun. So um, that had enough, like, comedic undertone to carry it. And just, you know, you had the whole, like, you know, Deadites and everything, this whole mythology that they could really build on and expand upon. Um, so I, that was that was a fun ride. I have to catch up on the last two seasons. I was sad to hear that I still haven't even picked it up. Really? I have it. I can... <laughs> <laughs> It's on, is it on Netflix? I think it it's might be somewhere. On Netflix. It's on some streaming service. Yeah, it's on my list of things. To I've heard nothing, but I mean, there was a huge mm-hmm. like fan backlash when it got canceled. Lots of people were disappointed. So I mean, it had a good following. 
so I I don't know. So I and maybe that's the future of the genre. You know, maybe we don't get these remakes so often. Maybe we start getting like shows where you're kind of like expanding on the mythos. Mm. So um, TV always makes more money. Yeah, yeah. yeah and right. nowadays, I mean, it, you could put out a good product. It's not just you mm. know watered down Hollywood or watered down cinema. It's you know we've seen like with like HBO and shit. You know, the, you know they're willing to invest the money in it and. God, it's all about content now. People are willing mm-hmm. to pay. You know, it seems like the money is like starting to go into TV. Yes. Give me good so. content, I'll watch. Yeah, just all I mean, God, look it. what Star Wars is getting per episode. Mm-hmm. You know, on their streaming uh, service, so it's ridiculous. And you could do these movies on the cheap, honestly. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's not like they're going to have that kind of budget. So, yeah, I don't know. It's exciting time, you know, <laughs> to be a horror movie fan. So, um, all right, man. What else do we have news-wise? Oh, you know what? Star Wars news. Um, they just announced former Doctor Who Matt Smith is going to be in Episode Nine, um, in a major role. They said. <laughs> so, I mean, let the speculating begin. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to see him play a bad guy if I were to choose. I mean, he's he's you know a heartthrob for a lot of uh, fans of Doctor Who, but. Yes, yeah, people like really? Matt Smith. Yes. <laughs> I guess I, I like the other one. Uh, I thought the other guy was uh, God. Uh, uh, he played a great villain as well. Fucking, though, uh, uh, Purple and, Man. Yeah. Yes. What the hell's his name? I'm blanking. Uh, we're not looking <laughs> it up. Sorry. I mean, that's my doctor too. So uh, like, uh, are you a big Doctor Who fan? Um, for a long time, yes. Uh, I I fell off with Peter Capaldi, but yeah, okay. Bad. So you got his name, but you don't have purple. I know. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, it sounds like what's promising is the fact that they're getting such a talented cast in this movie. So, I mean, that's exciting. Um, and it's always fun to start speculating because yes. you know we won't find out exactly who he is until the last minute. They're very, they, they run a very tight camp over there. David I, Tennant. There we go. <laughs> and that feels like it was like on the tip of my mm. tongue, too. It's driving um, me nuts. Sorry, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Um, so, I, I we have I don't think we even got like a, a set photo yet from Star Wars, right? We haven't gotten anything. No. So, and they've been shooting for a little bit. You know, I love that though. Don't show me anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we haven't even got the airport shots where they have to cover her hair. Uh-huh. <laughs> don't show me. There were oh, you know what? There was a leak where they showed like Poe and Finn on a hill somewhere. And there were some weird horses or something like that recently. You know, but the horses had, like, dots on them. So, obviously, they're going to be CGI. Hopefully, it's not those fucking things. Yeah, from, that's, uh, that's Last Jedi. <laughs> they didn't look like that, though. Mm. So, um, God, I hope not. But, uh, yeah. So, that's all we've gotten, though. That's all we've gotten. How like, much of Finn's a... hair is a little longer. That's what they, people noticed. How much of a fuck you that would was be news. if they went back to that planet? Oh, that'd be a huge fuck. I don't think J- <laughs> I don't think JJ would do it. No, never. You know, if it was like range, I feel like he would probably go back <laughs> just to fuck with people. But yeah, I don't think JJ mm. would do that. So, um, yeah, all right, man. Well, that's Star Wars news. I mean, who knows what the fuck? I, we'll speculate for the next couple months exactly who. Man, he's David playing. Tennant needs a role in Star Wars. He does seem like a good fit. Mm. He does seem like a good fit, right? Who would you put him as? It would be an like not imperial, um, a new order. Yeah, and you 
kind of British accent you're going in the New Yeah, York. You're, you've got to be a villain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, that's just how it works in the Star mm. Wars. Well, that's not your fault. <laughs> that's Lucas's fault. The British are evil. Oh, I put David Tennant <laughs> as Thrawn. Yes, I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. That is a good call. Um, I think stature-wise, Thrawn always seems bigger to me, but, I mean, they can work some movie magic. Yeah, I can, you know? I can handle a short Thrawn. That's not... I feel like he's short, short, though. Doesn't he feel short? Like, I feel like Jessica like Tom was Cruise like, short? Or? Yeah. He feels Cruise <laughs> short to me. Cruise is really small. He's like yes. a little person small. So, you know, I think he's like 5'2 or 5'3. Something crazy. I recently watched the Mummy movie that they made. Oh, yeah? How was that? Um, it looked, I understand why it didn't start a universe. <laughs> it looked like the shits. And it, it, it worries me, like, that they had so much... Like, they, they saw the movie... But they had so much bank. You remember they did the whole like photo shoot with like all the other people that yes. they announced in the universe. They start off the movie the with the um, like the universal symbol comes up, and then it flips over to dark universe. Like they had it Oops. all prepared. <laughs> like this was this is how it's gonna be. They starting. announced the other actors. All those movies are in pre production, and they just shut that shit down right after the mummy flopped. Yeah, like just shut it down completely. There was rumors that someone else, some other studio, might end up picking it up, not like in like starting over mm. again, not like you know based off the moment movie or something, like just starting like. So was the movie just like the? Pure it shits? has bones, but it doesn't have flesh. Okay, you know it doesn't have it. It doesn't have the Does story. Does Cruz end up really being the mummy? At the end, he's like yeah, he's like the god of the dead. Okay, so it becomes... The problem with that is you have now a character who can bring anyone back to life at any time. Okay, so there's no... There's no consequences. Yeah, there's no When you have a character like that. Exactly. Immediately, your first film is... But is he a villain at the end of the movie? No. Like, he's technically... Well, I hate that, too. He's He's not technically a villain, but, I mean, he has villain's powers. Okay. I don't know what that means. <laughs> you're a monster. You're, you're okay. classified as a monster now. There's no like villain or hero. Okay. It's just, just how your actions are. Okay. Is he deformed at all? Like, is he like no? He's still mummified or whatever. No. Okay. He's Tom Cruise. He's still pretty. He's Tom Cruise wearing they can't black. cover up his face. <laughs> He's too pretty. Yeah, that's a problem. Yes. I was like the only way because all the marketing was around him. I was mm. like the only way this makes sense is if he becomes the mummy. So. And it didn't happen. So nope. and that's why there's no dark universe in our future. <laughs> that's too bad, because I'm a huge universal guy. So, mm. um, but yeah. All right. Well, we're down a rabbit hole. Yes. <laughs> Let's get into comic books. We'll start off with the Avengers number six. And this is the conclusion of the final host storyline. Yes. So uh, let me read the blurb. The final battle against the Dark Celestials um, has begun. A battle unlike any Avengers have ever experienced. A battle a million years in the making. The new team of heavy hitters assembles at last. But will the young, inexperienced Ghost Rider prove to be the most important and powerful member of all? That's asking a lot. <laughs> he pulled it off, though. Yes. I'm just saying, like, why is that in the blur? <laughs> <laughs> foreshadowing man <laughs> that's heavy foreshadowing i know hey if you read the book though you if you've been reading the book yes. you know where it's going so um thoughts christian um i enjoyed it for the most part but i got definitely heavy like no justice 
like this is we're moving along now kind of finish yeah i i definitely see the parallels between this and like a lot of um uh snyder's run Mm -hmm. you know with like no justice and metal and everything but i thought this did a little better with like the exposition everything like it was it it reminded me a lot of like his first couple issues of Mm -hmm. metal where yes there was lots of like you know dialogue and explain what the hell was going on but there was a lot of crazy action to kind of like balance it out it would be like in the middle of the battle Mm -hmm. so you're kind of like okay i'm getting exposition and everything and you know another thing too was i was able to follow what the hell was going on where i felt like i kind of with like especially with no justice i got completely lost like I didn't like the fucking four mm. trees and shit like that, um, so that I enjoyed. Um, you know, did it make much sense? <laughs> was it just like, oh, this is happening? Yeah. We're all giants now. I mean, that's kind um, of a lot of it. It was just like, by the time I got to the end of the story, I was uh, just like, wait, but all of this just happened, and all of that just happened. Like, what? Where am I? Like, I kind of got lost. Did you okay. in the shuffle of all of that? I, I still was able to follow. It was a lot to it absorb. It was a lot to absorb. Yeah. And I read seven comics in one day. So. Yes, well, that too. That doesn't help. He cramped for this episode. <laughs> but still, it was it was a lot. Uh-huh. It was like each time they would get to a point of exposition, it was like, okay, we're doing this, 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 uh-huh. and then action. And I, I still enjoyed everything that happened on each page, but it was just like, I felt, for me, I still got that extreme, like, Snyder vibes from this book. Yes. I, I definitely feel like I had that because like just how insane the mm. action was. Like they're literally growing to this giant size to match the Celestials. Ghost Rider somehow possessed uh, like a corpse of a Celestial yes. and you know there's, it's insane. You know. Um, but at the same time it, I felt like it was fun. Um, mm. I didn't get too bogged down with the story. Um, I wasn't getting like just two talking heads telling me exactly what's happening and then like doing it. Um, so it was kind of in the midst of the action. So I like I was saying before, it was like a good balance for me. Um, the one thing I really did like, but then at the same time got annoyed with, was like during the narration where the you know you had the narrator you know kind of telling us what was going on. They kept on talking about like really cool scenes that were happening around the Marvel yes. Universe, you know? Um, like, you know, Dracula's in his tomb, his known fear, and, you know, um, I forgot who else they were talking. There's a few different, like, little lines like that mm. um, where they're talking about, like, I think they talked about Doom, where they talked about, like, Magni, Like, just cool scenes and everything like that, where I was like, oh, this is really painting a really cool picture, but there's no pictures. Like, they didn't show you anything. I think they did, like, a couple times where the it actually first played. Page, yeah, but like, then everything yes. else And after was that, it was like, you know, you're just, like, seeing, you know, these little shots here, or, like, you know, these little lines here and there, kind of, like, letting you know this is affecting everyone in the Marvel Universe, but you don't really get to see it. Um, you know, so I, I thought it was good writing. I just wish you'd visually get to see that mm. in a panel. I, thought, I think that would have been cool because then you would have realized okay this isn't just a contained story because even though as big as a story as this was it did feel contained strangely mm-hmm. um, you know it would have been nice to get those little shots of heroes reacting villains reacting to different things going on you know in the Marvel Universe so um, but that's pretty much my only complaint like I mean this has just been a fun ride yes. altogether. together um, what do you think about Loki's motives 
I I mean, it seems like if we're basing this off of like where he was with legacy and everything, and how he was afraid of what he has found, mm. I'm thinking he just brought the Avengers together so that they could defeat this problem. That's what it seems like, mm. right? And he's kind of laughing at the end, you know, that you know the team's back together and everything. He's done because he's he the original. He's the original reason why the Avengers formed in the first place. Mm. So, like, you know, he kind of talks about that. So the fact that, you know, at the end of the story, they're a fully formed team, you know, and he's kind of celebrating. Um, I mean, he probably would have been happy either way, you know, the battle went. Mm. But I thought, it, I thought it was interesting. Now, what do you think about the idea that, like, the only reason the heroes exist in the Marvel Universe is yeah. because they're an infection? A convenient answer to uh-huh. the problem. And I mean, it's I something too. I feel like will be like written away. You oh, know, yeah, like so. Humanity um, was created to be a pathogen for. Well, humanity, I think, already existed, but it was when the celestial came to Earth. They infected humanity to okay. make them like prime, like the, like the heroes are the infection to. Um, to I, I don't know or maybe the antivirus to it yeah, depends on how you look at it yes. to you know fight these things off so um, I don't know like Cause what, what did Ghost Rider keep on yelling out we're God's um, puke we're or God's something vomit. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're God vomit that's right sounds I don't know. like a great name for a band that part was <laughs> taking me out of it when they're like okay we have to all meld minds meld powers it was a little corny yeah I was just like it was a little corny this like is like an easy, convenient answer. To it this felt very, moment. yeah, that was a very Snyder-ish, yes. you know, that moment. There's a few other moments where I was like, okay. I just hate that these, like, when we get these big events with these books, it's just, it always seems to be the last book has the magical answer to solve all the problems. And I would rather it be, like, something that's being played with throughout the books than something that we'll actually figure out. I'll disagree on this point just because I felt like you could at least track where it came from like I felt like you could follow the thread to the other books where I felt like you know with books like metal and stuff like that I couldn't follow <laughs> that thread like mm. things would just appear you know just to like you know solve an issue like oh now we made up another uh, level of metal or whatever like the ninth metal or whatever what was it the ninth metal or ninth something metal, and then they made the tenth metal that yes, create yes. anything like you could track exactly where mm-hmm. you know that you know s- solution was coming from in the other book so at least logically you know and i use that word very loosely here um you could see okay well they planted these seeds here you know so story-wise at least i could follow it um you know was it fantastic storytelling <laughs> was it insane storytelling yes this was more of a thrill ride this is more of like a popcorn type mm-hmm. of you know comic book i feel like um, but I, I definitely see the comparisons with metal. I agree on that point. So, um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it was a promising start to run. You know, mm. for me, this is kind of what the Avengers are like. You know, they should always be tackling these huge, you know, um, world-ending problems. Um, you know, I like the team. I think there's going to be some interesting dynamics and everything yes. going on. Um, God, I love that Tony and um, Carol moment when they see Hulk and Thor kissing. He's like, uh-huh. hey, do you want to bury the hatchet? Yeah, and I, I do enjoy the comedy in the book. Like, there's mm. just enough, 
you know, we'll get to other books that have a little too much comedy in them um, for my taste this week. But, like, there's just enough where it's not too over the top mm-hmm. in this book. Um, so, because I could have easily teetered over the edge at places, but it didn't. Um, do you like the, the makeup of this team? Would you like to see them add anyone else in there? Um, no, I think this team is fine. I don't think they need to add anything else to it. And I'm glad that it answered or, like, gave me at least what I wanted from Ghost Rider. And it seems that they're going to continue with that because at the end of this, it seemed, oh, we're going to go into the origins of the first Ghost Riders of the next story. Now, are you excited about that? Because yeah. it seems like they're going to be kind of messing, messing around with, with the whole, you know, Avengers BC and you're going to maybe even get more celestial stuff. You know, I haven't had a problem with a lot of tweaks that I've been seeing through comics this last year mm-hmm. with the way things have, like, they tried to mess with Batman's mythos a little bit. They've, you know, I, I haven't had any issues so far. Yeah, as long as it's so, right in, I'm, yes. I'm on board. Like, God, 10 years ago, 12, how many years it's been, if you told me that they were bringing back Bucky, I would have been like, okay, well, that's horrible. That's a horrible <laughs> fucking idea. And then, you know, now I'm like, Civil War was the greatest movie, and, you know, I love fucking, you know, Winter Soldier, that's my favorite MCU movie, and, I mean, a fantastic comic. So, one of my, it got me into Captain America, which, God, if you told me that, yes. you know, <laughs> 15 years ago, there's no way I would believe yeah. you. Um, so, yeah, no, I agree. As long as there's a story to be told, and it's well done, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm on board, really. So, um, it's comics. So, I mean... <laughs> Anything's Things have possible. to change eventually as well. Yes, exactly. Can't exactly. keep telling the same story. I mean, story. they brought back Jason Todd, too, on top of everything, and that's mm. been a fun story. So, um, you know, nothing's impossible in comics, um, is the point I'm trying to make. But uh, we got a number one this week, too. Yes. The Punisher. The Punisher. Punisher no longer has the War Machine armor, but he retained his newly acquired taste for the big game, and he's hungry for more. However... The paths to such perilous pursuits are fraught with dangers bigger than any Frank has bigger than any Frank has faced before. And this lone wolf could use otherworldly help on his way to, up to the world stage. Matthew Rosenberg continues pushing the boundaries of Punisher, and now joined by acclaimed artist Ricardo Bercelli, I think. Uh, this is the book Punisher fans will be talking about for years to come. They've really been like, you know, praising themselves in these. Uh, oh, that's what they're, they're trying to sell you the book, man. <laughs> you sold me the book with the character. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, um, for some people, that's not enough. They need the solicitation. I guess. Okay. Fine. <laughs> um, David, what did you think of this book? I loved it. I really did. I enjoyed it. I, I really did enjoy the art and everything. Um, I thought it was different. The mm-hmm. art, it was fresh. I thought it was, it really painted a, an awesome picture of what this, the Punisher's world can be. You know, it was, it had a grit to it, but it also, strangely enough, had a shine to it at the same time where I felt like, you know, it was clean and dirty, if that makes any <laughs> sense. Um, you know, and I it was unique. It's something that I, I felt like it was a style I hadn't necessarily seen. Like Yeah, that was, was definitely different for me. I It had almost a cinematic view, because, like, you have, um, like, out of focus and in focus parts. Where it almost felt 3D. Yes. Like, some panels felt 3D. I don't know if this was just very heavily digital art or what, 
I, I don't know. I dug it, though. I really did. I think it really, um, I don't know, like really just kind of enhanced the story overall. And that was definitely Robert Downey Jr. when they showed Tony in this. Uh-huh. That looked like to the T. Yes. Yes. <laughs> totally. I agree 100%. Um, yeah, but I feel like this is it, it, man. It, it nailed the violence, though. Mm-hmm. This is this is a Punisher story through and through. This is not a late 80s kind of watered down version of the Punisher. This is like dirty. Like, I actually looked at the cover to see if it was a, a Max book. Because I was like, wow, this is really fucking graphic, you know, for, like, just a mainstream, like, Marvel book. But it didn't, I didn't see the Max, like, logo. I know. And when you're seeing this violence, but also then having just curse words bleeped out, it's just like, okay, I don't know what... (laughs) Yeah, the violence is okay, but (laughs) the curse words are... You know, I mean, they haven't done the Max line in... It's been defunct, but this feels like it would fit in that line. Mm -hmm. So, um... You know, the Punisher worked best in that line. So, I mean, if this is how edgy the book is going to be, I'm on board. Um, I really, like, I haven't read a Punisher book, like, you know, consistently in a long time. Mm. And this gets me, like, craving issue too, right off the bat. So, and I like the premise. I like that we're following Frank's storyline you know um through from secret empire you know because it makes sense he would be out for like blood after what happened to him you know um in secret empire where basically you know he's tricked into like you know betraying you know his country Mm -hmm. so um he would be on the warpath and we're seeing that he's definitely on the warpath you know he's hunting everyone you know left over from secret empire he's going right after zemo um so I, I was shocked and surprised what they did with the Mandarin. I couldn't believe that you actually, like, one, at first I was like, is that the, I couldn't figure out who mm. the character was and what a brutal, like, way to introduce him, like, in the book, you know, with him, like, with the two, like, diplomats over the shark tank. It's funny to see Zemo as the voice of reason. Yes, you know. right? <laughs> so you've got, like, a, corpse or like a you know a legless um armless um corpse on the ground yeah, like ambassador or something yes like sitting there bleeding out and then another one with like hovering over a tank about to be dunked in um what an awesome scene and i was like doubly shocked when like the book ends with his assassination mm-hmm. you know because it's such a huge character now he'll be back eventually but it was so, a, it was a cool death with him trying to stop the bullet and yes. it just can't yes <laughs> frank means business this time did you so. think that uh, black widow was cheering in that moment or secretly yes <laughs> <laughs> i couldn't tell like with the, her pose it just didn't seem like i couldn't tell if it was positive i doubt it I, I see what you're saying like i didn't get that from there but i could see where why you would think that um probably not Okay. Knowing the character, probably not. She'd probably be upset that she wasn't the one who took out the Mandarin. So, um, but yeah, no, I, I this was a great like first issue, mm-hmm. and this is Matthew Ro- Rosenberg who did Astonishing X Men, right? Mm-hmm. The book that we just like lambasted like last episode. <laughs> um, he likes this shit dark, man, because mm-hmm. that annual was fucking dark as all hell. I mean, we didn't agree with the characterizations at all, but 
he well, nailed Frank. That Hira. didn't fit that kind of no, you know, those no. characters. This fits Punisher this perfectly, hmm. perfectly. Well, and he's doing, but he's also doing the main um, Astonishing book, which I've enjoyed. Yeah, so, so I don't. We'll know. we'll see. You know. I, I don't. Just, we don't know what that fuck that book was. All right. Yes. <laughs> At this point, the only thing I could think of is like, are, I know this is completely last week's episode, but I was like, did this take place before? Like, kind of what you were saying. Like, did this take place before Red? And are we like, are they implementing that, implying that Professor X basically gave Jean her mission statement for the Red Book? That's it, that's the thing that made sense most to me when I got to the end. I was like, okay. Maybe he almost implanted this idea into her head. Because she, like, when she's in that restaurant at mm. first, she's so down on her luck and, like, just, like, over it. Like, complete, like, being alive, resurrection. She's done. Um, so, it, and then to see her, like, at the end of the book, you know, where they don't remember anything, have so much hope and everything. I was like, I, I mean, I hate that even more. <laughs> Honestly. I mean, it would have to even be, like, almost before... Um, Red's annual as yeah. well. And they didn't really explain the timeline. So yeah. but anyway, enough of that shitty <laughs> fucking comic book. Let's talk about Punisher. Um overall you're pleased. You're a huge Punisher. Man. Yes, I was pleased. I think because okay. the last storyline it was too popcorn for me. It was too like him in the war machine costume being chased by the, I get it. You know, it, it fits with the storyline where where mm-hmm. they were trying to go. But when I was reading it, I'm like, they're just trying to you know, go off the vibe that we got from Netflix. They're trying to just make money off of this. That's kind of what I got from it. You know, Punisher always walks this kind of fine line between, like, you know, the underbelly of the Marvel Universe and then, like, you know, the mainstream. So it's always a very weird place for the Punisher, you know, mm. for Punisher to be. You know, my Punisher, the Punisher I enjoy is this, you know, where, like, he's in the back alleys, you know, he's fighting those wars that you don't necessarily see. Um, you know, he's got a mission where he's like hunting someone. This is like, I don't really like seeing him interact too much with the rest of the Marvel mm. universe um, because he's just going to get outpowered. You know, like we saw him like in the Defenders where like yeah. Luke Cage like threw him in a headlock quickly and gave him a noogie. You know, like I don't, I don't want that, you know, from, from my Punisher. Mm. So this was my Frank Castle. Um, so I, I'm looking forward to more of this. So um, moving on. Hunt for Wolverine. We're almost done, man. Mystery and Manowar. <laughs> well, we're done with this, right? This is the, this was the last issue. Yes, and then we have Dead Ends that concludes everything. Oh, thank God. All right. Um, one of the X-Men is changed forever. Past and present clash in the final battle on an island of secrets and sin. What darkness lies within Sapphire Sticks? Can a ghost from the past save Psylocke from oblivion? Um, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I still can't get over the villain's name. Oh, which one? Sapphire, Sapphire Sticks? Sticks. <laughs> I, like, I don't know, man. It's horrible. Um, for some reason, I don't know, for me, the first half of this had really great art, and then it went right back into everything else that I've been complaining about. Yes, the art did seem better the first, like, part. Like, because I was like, is this a different artist? But then it went back to that, you know, weird kind of, everyone's the same height for some reason. (laughs) There's a scale issue happening. Um, Yeah, no, I agree. This book did nothing for me. Really? I really did not enjoy this book. Um, 
once again, I just feel like it's pointless. I felt like it's just kind of planting seeds for other storylines, mm. and it's really just, you know, once again, like a red herring. So I, I really didn't enjoy this book. Well, it answered the question of how does Psylocke get back into her original body. That's great, but that's not the question that's I had. What, yeah, I was trying to get answered. Hunt for Wolverine, but... Yeah. You know, I mean, <sighs> Jesus. And I, I don't know how I feel about Psylocke being back. I felt very, like, out of nowhere and contrived and convenient for her to, like... Hmm. Like, I formed my body out of the energy from, you know... Yes, she literally, like, rebuilt herself completely out of energy. Back to her original form, so for some reason. I don't... <laughs> um, I'm curious on why they chose to do that, too. Like, Well, even the end of the story doesn't make it fully clear, either, because it's her old body as well as still alive. So, yes, okay, that was the question, because the art was so kind of, like, so murky. I was like, is that... Psylocke's original body at the end. Mm. I had to go back. I went back, looked at the page before. I did too. Just to make sure, like, okay, this completely different costume. It was a different costume, but, like, her face looked similar. Mm. So I couldn't, like, I was like, I was going to, I was like, do you think that was a different, like, was that supposed to be her, like, you know. It's supposed to be her. Her hand assassin body. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I don't know. I, I don't know if they felt uncomfortable with her origin story, like, how she became Asian in that book, you know, because it does feel weird, you know, mm-hmm. nowadays to have a character who was white and like, oh, we're going to make her Asian all of a sudden, you know, so maybe they didn't want to play around because I don't understand why they chose to go back to her, like, I don't understand the benefit of it, you know. I don't know. Maybe they can deal with more Captain Britain stuff? I don't know. But she was still part of that whole universe, too, with Captain Britain and stuff. It's not like she didn't interact, you know? So with Jamie, it... I don't feel like the mainstream, like, really pays attention to her, like, like past and how she became that look. It was... It's a weird... It's a whole weird, twisted, like, plot, like, where she gets kidnapped by the hand and they remake her into, like, this assassin so she can go undetected in like on a mission for that it's bizarre i mean they fucked around with psylocke a lot in like the late 80s Mm -hmm. so um and i don't know if they just really like hey we don't have enough asian characters so let's you know (laughs) revision this other pre-existing character Mm -hmm. in this way you know so it's a little murky and weird, um, and maybe they were just maybe a tad uncomfortable with it, so maybe they changed her back. That's the only thing I could see why. I don't know what story they would have, you know. Um, no idea. So that's me purely speculating. <laughs> um, but it's just, I don't get it. It just feels like a story for a story's sake. Um, and obviously her other body is still out there now. So With powers. With powers, yeah. Yeah, they had the side blade. She had the side blade out. So, um, we'll see what happens. And maybe that's not actually Psylocke. That's with the X-Men. By the time Uncanny comes around, they'll all be dead, right? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, man. (laughs) But, uh, so, okay, was there something you enjoyed about this story that you really, like, dug? I don't know. I liked the psychic battle it's not battle but like the moments when she's inside i i didn't have a problem she with was, her you mean when she's like amongst all the souls yes i Which. i enjoyed that until pretty much the switch back and i was like okay she just brought herself back to life with energy and 
Like, like I, then it started to get kooky to me. When but. we saw like the solicitations and like with you know Psylocke in her original body, I was like, oh, I thought there was going to be more of a story behind it. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it was going to be just like, oh, you know, at the last issue of this, you know, strange, you know. Run. Well, yeah, that was surprising. Yeah. I was like, oh, I had no idea that this was going to show up in this tie-in. I and think, I think that maybe just, it's supposed to make it more important, but at the same, it just time, disappointed me. You know, like it's kind of like what they did with um, with the new Avengers book with uh, Animanium. Mm-hmm. You know, where they had um, them find out about oh, there's a traitor amongst the X Men. You know, it's kind of like okay, we're planting seeds for future storylines, but where the fuck is Wolverine? <laughs> you know, like you didn't give me any clues. On and are these storylines that only Wolverine is going to be dealing with, or is it just? I don't. I, I feel like they're going to be X-related storylines. I mean, maybe it'll just be like storylines in his, you know, solo book. But it doesn't feel that way. We've seen Psylocke's going to be part of that Uncanny team. Mm-hmm. Looks like so. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but for me, I like. I enjoyed the first two issues of this. Um, art aside, but the last two just did nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing for me whatsoever. So I was a little disappointed. You know, but I've been kind of disappointed with this whole, you know, yeah. mini series, if you will. So we'll see what happens with Dead Ends, with right? Dead Ends. Yeah. Um, I mean, aptly named. So, <laughs> um, but uh, we got more X Men books next. Yes, right? X Men Red. Attack on Atlantis. One of the X Men's greatest foes comes calling on the undersea kingdom, determined to bring th- about their end. Thin. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Christian. You were a big critic of the last book. Did this change your mind at all? The last issue you were not a fan of, as I, <laughs> if I'm recalling correctly. Yes, and I'm because when I started reading this one, I was like, "What the fuck even happened in the last issue?" Mm. And I had to like look back into it and try to figure out. I. You had kid abomination. Yeah. Crashing to Atlantis. I don't know, man. I mean, I'm not sour on X Men Red right now. Like, I liked the I like this issue in general. Like, I liked the, um, they're kind of like, oh, we're showing the world that we didn't, you know, really do this. But at the same time, I'm like, that doesn't really prove anything. And I hope that there's still going to be some form of turmoil from the world, saying like. Like, she literally just told all the ambassadors and all the, like, political people in the world, hey, you're being manipulated by this side. Some of your leaders might be brainwashed. Exactly. Um, But. And that could cause massive panic. And that should. For me, too, like, it wasn't enough evidence. Like, mm -hmm. she just played, like, the phone, like, recording. Like, even, like, like they did the word for word, what happened on the sound recording. I'm like. Yeah. That doesn't prove anything. That's not enough evidence. I would think, you know, mm. I mean, you're mutants. You all have powers. How do we know you didn't manipulate that? So um, that was a little, I don't know, that was kind of weak, too. I, I felt like it was very convenient to, like, be able to, like, just, like, you know, exactly. prove your innocence like, so I like quickly. what you're doing, but at the same time... Uh, Give me a little more. Yeah. You know, it, there wasn't enough substance to that kind of, you know, I don't know, solution. To the problem of like Gene having to, you know, be kind of like, you know, hidden in the land. You're the X Men. You should be used to the world hating you. Mm hmm. Just. Yeah. Although I feel like this is a little, since she took out like an ambassador, I feel like they would have, you know, you know, 
Yeah, was it an English ambassador? Like, England yeah, would be, London, like, yeah. on the doorstep of the mansion, you know, wanting Jean's head. So I understand why she had to be hidden at that point and, like, take asylum in, um, you know, with Namor. But at the same time, I, I felt like it was kind of a convenient, like, conclusion. Um, and was this the end of the arc? I mean, obviously the Nova, like, Cassandra Nova, like, storyline's still going on. And mm-hmm. that seems like it's going to, like, be multiple arcs. But this kind of felt like it was supposed to be the end of, like, this, the first part of the arc. I mean, I didn't get that vibe, but I, I feel like I'd, I'd... That'd be disappointing if that's the end of the arc. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they're going to continue the story, but maybe, like, this was, like, you know, volume one, if mm-hmm. you will. Um, which you I felt like be... was weak. Do you think they're taking a break because of the next big storylines that are coming out in the next few months? Maybe. I, I feel like this is going to be kind of contained and it'll just catch up when it catches up, which I'm fine with. Mm. It doesn't need to tie directly into everything that's going on with, you know, the experts right now. Um, just tell your story and then, you know, fit it in when you can. Mm. Um, I feel like that always works best in comics. But, um... I don't know. I don't know. It's because we still didn't get any kind of solution. I mean, Nova's still out there. So I feel like there's a lot of story to be told still. Um, I did enjoy the plane scene. Um, oh, yeah. I thought that was, you know, pretty cool action. We haven't gotten, like, tons of action mm-hmm. out of this book. Um, I've enjoyed it overall, but it was kind of refreshing to have, like, this, you know, good, like, five or six pages of action, you know, and it was kind of, like, balls to the wall, too. I will so. say I have enjoyed Honey Badger throughout all of this. Like she's, she's been, been fun. fun. She's been a fun character. You know, I can mm. see how she could easily get annoying with the wrong, like, writing team mm. behind her. But she's been fun. Like, in every book that I've read her, I've enjoyed her. Because I've enjoyed her in uh, X-23 also. Yes. So, um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, overall, I felt like this was... I, I still don't understand why Nova would have chosen uh, Kid Abomination. Like, that just seemed to, like, be random. And like, maybe I'm missing part of that story. Maybe he is a mutant or something like that. I don't get it. So that felt very random. Like, you could have used anyone else. Yeah, and, like, even they explained, like, oh, he'll drown if he continues to try to fight down here. I was like, well, then why would she send, send him? him? <laughs> There's so many other, like, superpower beings who would, like, you know, work well underwater. Why would you send one who would drown? Hmm. So, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't get that. I didn't understand. But I like, feel like I'm missing a piece of the puzzle there. Maybe you know. Maybe there's a moment like, where um, Jean calls out for her team to return, mm-hmm. and then you flash to them what they're doing, and they're on the plane, and it's like, oh, are they going to return right now? Or yeah, they yeah. Don't, they it doesn't seem that they don't notice the call. They don't hear it. Or maybe because they got their own shit going on at that point. Were they in the middle of that like battle? It was a psychic call. It's yeah. Right into the mind. <laughs> <laughs> Can't really ignore those. Yes. So. I don't know. Um, you know, like I said, I'm still, you know, looking forward to issue eight, but I'm a little wary now. Mm-hmm. So I'm. They need to kind of pick up the pace too. Um, just with everything with what's going on with Nova. I mean, it's, God, we're seven issues in. Mm-hmm. So and I don't feel like there's really like an end in sight right now. So I don't know. I mean, just more needs to happen to keep my attention, too, because like I almost completely forgot the storyline at this point. Yeah. Well, it's hard, too, because it's a monthly. It's a monthly, yes. So, I mean, we're, other, we're like, reading other monthlies, and I'm still able no, to... No, oh, no, exactly. Continue. But when you don't have, when you have a lack of action mm. like this, um, 
and it's it is very much like a talking heads you know kind of book where it's really talking like you know the philosophy of the x-men and you know this new mission statement and everything like that where it's really trying to make this like you know underlying like political statement i think it needs a little bit more of a hook to actualize mm-hmm. to kind of keep your attention you know on it does that make sense because yeah. i feel like they're really like you know beating you over the head with their mission statement which is fine i think that that part of the book is cool but at the same time i don't know give me some eye candy you know give me those battles like it felt very like i felt like i've been like starved for like mm. the last couple of issues that i just got so excited about that like you know battle on that plane <laughs> where it was pretty probably standard fare for other books mm. but you know since we haven't seen it with these characters in a while i was like oh yes awesome you know <laughs> so i mean and it, I don't want to take, you know, credit away from where credit's due. It was a cool battle, but still, you know. I will say the covers make me want to buy each issue, though, because they mm. are beautiful. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And I, I actually started, I've started enjoying the art more, too, in between the covers. So, um, you know, that, because at first I was like, oh, the art's not great, but it, it you know, suffice, it'll do. But mm-hmm. now I'm starting to enjoy it. So, um, I feel like it's gotten stronger over the last couple issues too so all right man moving on to dark theater the sith lord yes issue number 20 um fortress vader part two a thief faces the consequences for their crime emperor palpatine rewards darth vader with three gifts a thing a choice and a voice (laughs) oh that rhymes that's cute Mm -hmm. i'm trying to think I can only remember two gifts. Okay. But, okay, whatever. Um, this is an interesting... This was an interesting book. I don't know if you want... It's, I, I'm going to say this right now. Spoilers. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. Um, so in the last issue, I talked about how the one of the Inquisitors um, rips the baby from Ethkoff's wife, like, last second. Uh-huh. And I guess Vader decides well vader's using this as an excuse to hunt and kill these two inquisitors really yes it's because he knows that like they explain to him oh I, we did this as a torture you know to like trick her into doing it why does vader have an issue with that well as we saw at the end of the last issue they had this discussion of well there's no jedi to hunt so mm-hmm. where, who is he going to turn to next okay so this just seems to be Fulfilling his need to kill something. So is he hunting those Inquisitors because he wants to kill the baby? No, because he just wants to kill the Inquisitors. So he okay. has a Jedi to fight. <laughs> okay. And he's using the excuse of they... Of uh, they hesitated. Um, uh, oh, okay. Instead so of fall, he's like, saying they're fall, weak yeah. because they... Okay, I get it. All right. That so that she was almost a traitor, but because the, one of the Inquisitors saw them, her doing this, letting her, uh, letting the Ethkos wife uh-huh. run off, um, that's the reason why she actually took the child. That was his reasoning. But it's it feels like there's that underlying. He's just doing this to kill someone. Yes. Yes. He's got bloodlust, mm. and it's an, it's an awesome scene where he's chasing them through um, the streets of Coruscant, and they're just fucking shit up. Okay. Um, but. Uh, are they any match for them? Um, they're a match in the way of they're they're attacking in very um, 
unlike usual ways. Like they're just throwing as many cars as possible at him. Okay. And he's like trying to stop him and be prepared, but so uh, just like unorthodox. Yes. Kind of. It's the last moment. Like they actually think that they've beaten him, but you know he's on one knee and he looks up and he's just immediately got both of them choked. And he turns both of them, holding their lightsabers, and to kill each other. Oh, nice. Yes. Um, there's a small love angle, I guess, between the two Inquisitors that they just threw into this, so it's even more so messed it up. it's a little more, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, nice. Darth Vader's a bad guy. Did you, did you know that? bad, bad man. <laughs> and I but, love um, him. Yeah, where we, where we leave off with this story is um, Palpatine doesn't like that he's fucking up Coruscant. Uh-huh. Uh, so he's like, we're going to move all the Inquisitors off planet. Um, and give them a new station, and you're gonna train them there. Oh, okay. And then he's I thought like, you were like saying like he was getting them away from Vader, like he did one. No, um, Vader's still gonna be over them. Um, okay. I guess I don't know if that counts as one of his prizes, but um, don't he, worry about the blurb. Whatever. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> I'm trying to get my. We know they're misleading that. half the time. Um, Vader seems to want a planet of his own after hearing the Emperor say this is my planet Coruscant at this point oh okay and that's where you know Emperor the Emperor is like explaining well I could give you I don't know I could give you Naboo that's my home planet that's how much I trust you and there's a lot of ties for you there I could give you Tatooine that's your home planet you could torture people in one of the books I think back in the I don't know if it was in the novels or in the comics, like the Marvel, the original, like Marvel comics. Like Vader had like a castle. Yes, that's where this is all leading to. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. So, um, no, he ends up with saying, "No, I want Mustafar," and that's where he's going to build his castle. Oh. As we see in Rogue One, that's where his he actually is on Mustafar. That's his planet, his castle. Oh shit! I didn't even I didn't even put that together. Mm-hmm. So that in Rogue One, his that's yeah. where he's, where, at, he's um, in his castle. What's his name? Goes to visit. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I've got to watch Rogue One again now. <laughs> That's awesome. Do you see the outside of the castle, or are you just um, there? I don't remember. I'd have to... I'm okay. going to rewatch it soon anyway. It's on my wow. list of things to okay. do. That's a deep cut nerdum right there. That's <laughs> awesome. Um, and then he also gives him uh, Padme's ship. Okay. Yeah, so he has... Um, he had a robot like trying to restore the ship. Uh, Vader immediately destroys the robot because he doesn't want any of the ash or anything to be taken off of it oh wow so okay. he wants you know to use that as pain and torture so is it like the way is it the emperor's way of like keeping a leash on vader by giving him that ship was like a subtle like reminder like to fuck with him i mean you could say it that way he wants him to use it as like you know take this pain and use it to go out and power fight. your I'm rage power, yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right man it was an interesting little story, and they I'm glad that they were able to still find a way to keep action in almost every single issue. Yeah, I thought like, this was issue was just going to be like more talking, but I mean, he immediately goes after these two. They don't fuck around. No. You know, so, I mean, that's awesome. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I told you. you I know, up. I gotta read it. I've got, what issue was this, 20? Yeah. I got 20 you're, issues You're falling behind. <laughs> <laughs> falling deeper and deeper in the hole. Oh man, I just gotta take like a weekend to just mm-hmm. you know dig in. So, but anyway, all right, well, we're moving on. Uh, we had another uh, brand new number one issue, um, and it was of the West Coast Avengers. 
So, uh, a new era dawns. Avengers assemble. Hawkeye, Kate Bishop, Hawkeye, Clint Spartan, a guy named Fuse, never have they ever been called the big three of anything. And now they are reunited for, okay, well, it's only the second time ever. Thank God they've also has have America Chavez, Gwen Poole, and Kid Omega. Wait, what? That's right. It's the new West Coast Avengers, son. Oh, God. <laughs> Is this the DC guy writing the Marvel books I, it now? It sounds like it. <laughs> and you better hope they can figure out how to save the world because big things are headed for the West Coast. So, um... And this is by Kelly Thompson, who's got a lot of like acclaim right now, right? A lot of buzz around her, I believe. Sure. Those car alarms going off. <laughs> <laughs> um, I dug like the first half of this book. Like I enjoyed everything with like the land sharks and everything. Like I liked how the book started. Like mm-hmm. it was really like fast paced. It was really fun. Um, you know, it definitely was comedic. Um, my issue was, like, I felt like it, you know, I was kind of talking about with, you know, when we were reviewing the, the Avengers book. Um, I felt like it stepped over that line of, like, where it just went a little too far, where it became almost, like, campy. Um, and, I mean, I guess just looking at the cover of the book, they're all on a scooter and shit. Mm. But it just, um, you brought up the comparison, like, uh, of the with the Midwest Avengers that they yes. did like <laughs> uh, with Squirrel Girl and God what was it a uh, Flatman no I don't I don't see this book anywhere near as crazy and campy as West uh, Midwest team but it could easily fall into that I don't know man the last couple pages I felt like it did just with the whole like Brodox thing that have I mean spoilers <laughs> I guess <laughs> so Modok's son I'm assuming Brodok shows up to save the day at the end and like you know plants a, a kiss on Kate's you know mm. lips and it's just this whole weird scene I I don't know it did nothing for me whatsoever I felt like it kind of like I felt like the second half of the book just went over that line where it was just too much, you know, haha, and a non like I just I didn't care about the characters mm. enough. I mean, and I'm a big fan of Kate's. Like, you know, I, I haven't read enough of the Hawkeye book, but I really loved her in like Young Avengers and everything. So I was excited that she was kind of getting her own Avengers team. But I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, and I'm also a big fan of Kid Omega, too. So I was excited to see mm. him in this book. But it just, it's all, it seems like everything is being played for laughs. And it, that just doesn't do it for me. You know, um, I, I need more out of the book. I need it. It just, I feel like it always kind of waters down, you know, the threats and everything when mm. you've got that kind of tone. Um, I mean, if. And that being said, I'm a Deadpool fan. So, I mean, I'm saying I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth, but it just, I don't know. I I, I hate the idea of Gwenpool. <laughs> yes. Like, you know, I just on a fundamental level, like every fiber of my being, you know, just, I don't get it, but it is what it is. Mm. You know, I know she's over right now to use some wrestling terminology with the fan base, but I I don't know, man. I love Kate. I just want to see her in something, I don't know more serious tone wise I guess 
I guess, but I, I feel like this book could easily, if it, it could easily just add some substance and make it a little bit more serious down the road. I, for a first issue, I thought this was a very fun way to introduce all of the characters, all the way the teams are going to be working. The whole reality TV bit, uh, I thought was very entertaining. Uh, I like that. I thought that was interesting in a way to kind of get hmm. each character's perspective of what was going on. I thought that was entertaining to that. Like it, it lost me a little bit with the interview process that she went on when she was looking for heroes and everything. Yeah, I thought that went on a little too long. Um, and just the ending, you know, we have like Tiger show up and she's a giant and we don't know what the hell's going on. I felt like this book could have easily been two books if you wanted to make it. Do you think that was the issue? Like maybe they crammed too much into this? For me, that was my main issue was like they crammed so much. Like it felt like there was just an ongoing story that just kept going and going and going. It Mm -hmm. felt too long. For what they were trying to do. Yeah, I don't know, man. I just like, I, I think it was that being a, a story of like two halves for me. You know, like I was kind of on board with the book. I was actually surprised on how much I was enjoying it, like the first part of the book, and then I don't know, like somewhere after you know, giant sized Tyro, like it just like lost me. <laughs> so um, yeah, I'll probably pick up issue number two just to give it another shot. Hmm. Um, but Brodox, man, I I don't know. I don't know. It's well, like this... I'll be picking up. I still I smiled throughout the entire book, so I enjoyed it. I yeah, mean, no, I... hey man, more power to you. <laughs> <laughs> I want to love the book, mm. but it just didn't do anything wrong. Like I said, and I I re- I love Hawkeye. You know the original Hawkeye, and I love Kate Bishop. So um, I was really excited to see them in a book. You know, with you know the West Coast Avengers. You know, moniker. Uh, you know, for the title. So I I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I was just expecting more, especially with the West Coast Avengers. I mean, fans have been clamoring for, like, the West Coast Avengers to come back. Mm. I just, I think I was expecting more. Yeah. You know, I didn't want them to be, like, just pure comedy. And people mm. shit on, like, the original, like, West Coast Avengers a lot. It's, like, one of the first ever, like, Avengers book I ever picked up as a kid. So, like, I, I don't know, maybe have this weird nostalgia thing with it where I just want to to be taken a little more serious. I feel like it can just anyone in the Marvel Universe just call themselves Avengers now and everyone's okay with it. Yeah, I, I was <laughs> like, I was waiting for like, I don't know, Tony to call and be like, you can't call yourself Avengers and be almost kind of like the, um, the, the Midwest. X- no, X-Men. Um, oh, Astonishing X-Men? Astonishing we're like, we're not X-Men. really the X-Men. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. You know, like I said, I'll pick up the, a second issue just because of the characters. Mm. You know, I'll give it another, another shot. I feel like every series deserves at least two issues. So, um, you know, they have you have to really shit the bed with me for me not to pick up the second issue. <laughs> Spider-Man. Yes. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did pick up the second issue. It was the third issue I didn't yes. read. So, um, all right. Well, moving on to, uh, and actually an issue number two of a new series, uh, the life of Captain Marvel. All right. The definitive origin of Captain Marvel. For years, Carol Danvers has been at the front lines protecting Earth and her fellow heroes from harm. Then, one visit to her childhood home changed everything. Now her brother's in a coma, and until he's safe, Captain Marvel is standing down. But while Carol may not be looking for danger, it's looking for her. A weapon has been unleashed in Carol's sleepy coastal town is about to become the center of its world. Margaret Stull and Carlos Pecho tear apart 
Captain Marvel's whole universe in part two of an origin detailing tale. Defining tale, sorry. <laughs> you keep on getting stuck with these shitty blurbs. I'm sorry, man. It's okay. <laughs> it's the luck of the draw. I swear. Um, what were your thoughts on this? Um, I, I like this in the concept of I could see this being a TV show. Like, almost like Carol Danvers is like TV drama. Unlike the CW. Like, I told that it, it has a very, mm-hmm. like, to me, like, that kind of vibe to it. Um, it feels like a very, like, family, like, orientated drama that just happens to feature a superhero. Yes. I agree. Um, I was expecting a whole lot more with the whole, like, especially if they were making the father being a cheater a big point. I was expecting a whole lot more reaction and, I don't know, explanation from the mom. From the mom. What well, seems like, though, she, well, she obviously knew. Yes. And it seems like there's more to that story that we haven't found out yet. Mm-hmm. So it kind of, like, kind of leaves it hanging where there's still a mystery um, around it. Um, I didn't think that, just from the pacing of the first book, I didn't think that they would get here this soon. You know, I thought it would be kind of drawn out a little more. Um, you know, because we're pretty much introduced to what we saw flying towards Earth um, in the at the end of the first issue that started mm. off as like an embryo. But this um, seriously reminded me of like Smallville. Yes, yes, <laughs> it totally reminded me of like a CW, like you mm. know, uh, early two thousands kind of like show, um, where it is very much about you know Carol not so much about like Captain Marvel um you know where you like with Smallville you never saw Clark in the full like you know uniform and everything now you do see Carol like fly off to the moon and punch it so you do have Mm. some action and I love that moment I thought that was cool like I I enjoy that they're like kind of diving into like where she is like mentally you know like dealing with her anxiety and everything like that you know things that you don't usually get to explore in your average comic book story you know um i'm enjoying that aspect i just feel like with the second issue it was kind of it was just i don't know i it just i left it not as excited as i was with the first issue you know where the first issue, I think, kind of led me to believe that I was going to get more of, you know, Carol and her family and mm-hmm. everything like that. And, you know, her dealing with the guilt of her brother. Like, in this issue, her brother just kind of wakes up, you know, randomly and seems to be, like, okay, mm-hmm. you know. So I thought it was going to be more about, like, you know, the ramifications and the guilt, um, you know, of kind of, like, you know, that confrontation she had with her brother and more about Carol, you know, dealing with her past. And she's definitely dealing with her past, but it feels like in a very, like, you know, average superhero kind of way. Mm. Like, you know, yes, I'm dealing with my past, but it's in the form of this alien crashing down on the planet. Um, Which is fine, and, you know, that's the genre Mm. we're reading, and obviously I love it. But I kind of was hoping that it'd be something completely fresh and different. Mm. Yeah, so, um, 
it was still a good read and everything like that, and I'm intrigued to see where they take the character, and maybe we get more of that in the third issue. Mm. Um, but at the same time, I don't know, this was just kind of like a step down. It's like, it felt like the first issue took you in this really deep dive, and then, of course, yeah, we got the second issue, and it's like, oh yeah, we're back to comics. It was more standard fare, mm-hmm. like the second issue. For I me. agree with you there, yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean... I'm still excited that they're doing, they're attempting a book like this. I just mm. hope they're able to go, like, I, I'm fine, like, seeing her out of uniform for a couple issues. Like, I don't need to see her be, I'm fine with this just being about Carol, you know, and really dive into that character. <coughs> um, and just kind of exploring her past. Because that's interesting, because it's something that, you know, and it seems like they're kind of inventing this. Mm as they go like this is like kind of a new origin for her we're finding things out that we didn't know before um so i'm okay just going there and like you know just it being about carol you know and having that just a different vibe altogether almost feeling like an indie comic um you know she just happens to be a superhero you know one of the most powerful superheroes on the Mm -hmm. planet or in the universe so um but yeah i mean like I said, with, you know, West Coast Avengers, I'm going to pick up issue number three, regardless, and, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Um, we'll I see ju- how we feel. I just wasn't, I wasn't a big fan of, to, like, the alien and stuff, like, I don't know. I mean, you get, it's like a Terminator vibe. You know? Yes, big time, especially with the phone. Mm-hmm. The kid drops the phone, and did you catch all that? Like, it just, I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> I just was expecting more, I guess. Not to shit all over the book. This wasn't a bad book. No. You know, I was just a little disappointed. So. Mm. Um, but yeah, is that going to do it? Yeah, for comics, yeah. Holy shit. All right, man. That was. I think that was the most comics we've done in an episode before. Yes. All right. Bravo us. <laughs> <laughs> Yay us. Yes, but now we have to talk about wrestling. That's right. Hey, everybody. This is Jason. And Jeff. And Blake. And we're the History of Bad Ideas podcast. And if you like hearing uh, geeks talk about Fisto from He-Man. Or zombies or dragons or zombie dragons. I was given copy to read, but it's a piece of crap. So if you just like any geek or any fun stuff, just listen. We drop every Wednesday on iTunes, Stitcher, Tangent Bound Network, or WeBeGeeksPC.com. Oh God, I'm out of here. And remember to wear a coat. All right, well, we're going to start off with Raw. Um, so, of course, how, how do you think the show started, Christian? I think it started with a new superstar showing up. <laughs> yes, and his name was Roman Reigns. Oh. <laughs> Tell me about this fellow. Yeah. <laughs> well, Vince has taken a shine to, to young Roman. <laughs> He seems to be quite the fan. Um, I see big things in his future. Uh, but yeah, Roman, of course, started off the show mm-hmm. to a... And I was curious about this. I was actually wondering, you know, what the reaction would be to Roman after what we saw last week. But, you know, with him reuniting with the Shield. Mm-hmm. But it didn't matter. He came out to just a huge wall of booze. Just, <laughs> they're in Canada, so, I mean, those are very passionate fans. Mm-hmm. But they let him have it. So um, he had his little shield reunion shirt on, um, which I didn't want to see. Like I was, I was hoping to get like you know the fucking vests and you know the, yeah. just them going old school shield. I don't need. I think it was literally like you know 
the shield reunites and then has like the town's name on it or something like that oh, you know like okay. they're on like a re- it, it was it was cheesy as fuck so I was I was a little disappointed with that like I liked Seth coming out with like full gear the tactical yeah. like gear and everything yeah that's why I was I was digging that so I was disappointed to see them all wearing this fucking corny ass shirt um so uh yeah he comes out he calls out braun um braun comes out he said you know basically calls him out telling him challenge me now you know cash in now and braun's like i'm not gonna do that he's like but but he says i will cash in yeah well he basically calls out roman saying i'm not gonna do that because the shield's just gonna interfere again you know Mm -hmm. Basically kind of saying, you know, what you did was, you know, cowardly and everything. They kind of go back and forth where Roman turned it around and said, well, what you did was cowardly. You know, it was very grade school. <laughs> um, so, because I mean, he was basically saying Braun was trying to, mm. you know, cash in right after his match with Ballard. He, and he has a point to a certain extent, but that's what the briefcase is, you know. Um, At least you knew it was coming and it was there. Well, and he said backstage, if you watch a show, mm-hmm. uh, right before the main event, uh, he tells Finn that he's taking out whoever wins. So Roman had heads up, but regardless. Um, so they basically go back and forth. He, he tells Roman, no, to make sure that there's no shield interference, he's going to cash in at Hell in a Cell. And they're going to, you know, have their championship match in the cell. So that way it'll limit, supposedly, any interference. Now, yes. we know we've seen Hell in the Cells before. <laughs> we've watched this product before. Yes. It's not going to do shit to stop any kind of interference. I mean, if Braun doesn't break him through the cage, oh, it'll be... I give it maybe two <laughs> minutes tops before someone goes through that cage. Mm. So, I mean, maybe it's Roman spearing Braun through it. They're going through that cage yeah. quickly. Uh, but yeah, so you then have Ziggler and McIntyre come out, kind of mocking them, making fun of them, and then all of a sudden Corbin comes out and puts them in a tag match against each other. Um, Roman and Braun versus you know McIntyre and Ziggler. I I want them to have a name at this point. Like I yeah. feel like they need a little like you know faction name or tag team name. Um, so, because McIntyre and Ziggler do not roll off the tongue well at all. <laughs> no. So, it does not, you know. Agreed. I'm smoothly. surprised they don't have one by now. Yes, me too. Which makes me feel like, okay, are you, how invested are you into this? You know, like, is is the breakup, you know, coming, is it pending at this point? Um, but we'll, we'll get there. So, we have uh, Kevin Owens come out to challenge Seth Rollins um, during the show also. You have Rollins come out basically um, talking about how, you know, Roman said a line earlier in the episode where he talked about how they're like workhorses and everything like that and, you know, that's why they were defending him, you know, because they didn't think it was right that, you know, he was you know, getting a free shot at him, you know the wrong way because they're workhorses and they're always there, you know, yeah. putting keeping themselves them over. Face, guys. Yes, basically face. keeping them face, you know, which was disappointing because I was really wondering, like, are they going to kind of like, you know, toe this line and be in this gray area? Um, Does Seth just have that gear, like, just waiting in case? <laughs> I get, well, that made it almost feel more of like planned mm. out, like maniacal that like they all of a sudden like ran out in full gear and everything. So, but whatever. Um, 
so he comes out, he says, you know, to keep that spirit alive, you know, he's basically reinstating the open, you know, the U.S. open, not U.S. time, the IC open challenge or whatever mm-hmm. they call it nowadays. So, um, all of a sudden, to a huge pop, because they're in Canada, fucking Kevin Owen comes out. Um, goes on this tirade, cuts a great promo, as always, um, talking about how he should be in a different spot right now, um. He blames it a lot because Sami Zayn's not with him, um, which I thought was interesting that they went that route. Um, just, you know, that he's been wronged and everything. You can see, I mean, the guy's been bullied for the last like, two mm. and a half months and no one's cared. You know? Uh, so he comes out, takes the challenge. They have a great match. Fantastic match. If you get a chance, watch that match. Um, the crowd is so into it. I mean, some great false finishes. Those guys work so well together. I mean, I would love to see them eventually work a program against mm-hmm. each other because they just click, man. Um, but then in the long run, even though they teased it hard, I mean, you really believed Owens was going to win this match at points. Um, Seth prevails. So then they come back from commercial break and Rollins, or Rollins, um, Owens is in the middle of the ring, um, just sitting in a chair, you know, and he looked like he's been crying, you know, and he gets on the mic, you know, the crowd's like chanting for him the entire time, mm-hmm. and he basically says, I quit, and then he just drops the mic and walks off, and the crowd's reaction, they're like, <laughs> literally like, don't go, like, you know, just reaching just, out, yes, yes, um, as he walks by, which was great, um, the rumor is right now, and this is just rumor, um, that the WWE plans on keeping him off camera for a little bit and then kind of repackaging him with Paul Heyman. And the character will turn into more of that like kind of like fight Owens fight, like that prize fighter character where he won't really talk that much. Heyman will be doing the talking and he will just be all about, you know, the wrestling. Um, you know, just kind of getting like refocusing, mm-hmm. you know, the character. Um, how would you feel about getting that? Um, I mean, with everything that he's been going through right now, I don't mind a change in character, a, a change in pace for him. Mm-hmm. I, it's interesting to put in with Paul Heyman. Maybe um, it does feel weird to have like one of your best talkers, guys on the yeah. stick without, you know, the mic mm-hmm. in his hand. But, but at I mean, the same maybe time. They- Getting Paul Heyman every week is fantastic yes. also. <laughs> Maybe that leads to like moments where it becomes almost like a serious extreme moment and then he gets on the mic. Yes, and, and then that's... it carries more weight then. Mm-hmm. That would be great. Um, I'm just anything that puts the spotlight back on him where he's getting a push again and yeah. we can start taking the character seriously again. Because I feel like he's really just been buried the last like six months since he's been back on Raw, mm-hmm. really. Um, I feel like he's been getting buried. So um, I I could dig that. Like if that's what's in, you know, uh, I don't know, the future for Owens, I could definitely dig that. Because otherwise I hate all of this. <laughs> so <laughs> I just, ah, God, man. It reminds me so much of what the WWE did to Vader, you know, when they finally, you know, got him, you know, in the company. And, you know, they pushed him for a little bit, you know. He may invented for a while and they just soured on him and they just shit all over him. And, you know, they just, 
they had him basically being a job guy at the end. He was a glorified jobber at the end. Vader, who was like this dominant champion in WCW, mm-hmm. was like doing the jobs to like nobody's, to mid Carters. So it just has that feel to me. Um, you know, and the story with Vader was um, Vince didn't like the fact that like Leanne couldn't lose weight. And, you know, Vince has always been a body guy. And yeah. That's a just, very similar story. Yes. And just a few back a few months back there was that rumor circulating that you know Vince is you know you know, that Kevin's basically in Vince's doghouse because he just can't lose weight or he won't commit to it um it just feels so ridiculous I think we talked about it last mm-hmm. episode where it's like you this is the care this is who you you know signed in the first place like I can't admit like why would you think that you know he was gonna drop fifty pounds for you. Like that's not the character, you know. Yeah, I feel like his McMahon. weight is part of his character. You know, he's not gonna be a body guy ever. Mm-hmm. So I mean, and I feel like if he loses the weight, he loses his mystique. You know, I don't know. So I mean, the thing with Owens is the fact that you know he is this heavier guy who kind of looks like anyone who could be in the audience, but he can fucking go. Um, and he really showed you it in this match against Rollins. Mm-hmm. It was a nice reminder of who Kevin Owens is. I did is. catch his moonsault at the end. Oh, I caught the finish of the He's match. so awesome. I mean, he is. I'm glad he had this match before this angle plays out, just to give everyone mm-hmm. a taste and leave you wanting more. But I just, I'm, I'm terrified for him right now. <laughs> um, but it, hey man, if they repackage him with Heyman and, you know, he becomes this badass again, I'm all for it. I am. You know, so if they, as long as they do it right. Uh, we got Baron abusing his power. He sets up a match between him and Balor again, trying to get some revenge. He's about to lose the match. He runs up, grabs a chair, hits him. He gets disqualified. The ref rings the bell. He grabs the mic and says, no, I forgot to tell you this is no DQ match. So then he grabs the chair and starts beating the shit out of Balor. And then, you know, hits him with the end of days, and that's the match. So um, I, I hope to God they don't have a match at Hell in a Cell. Oh, God, yeah, I don't want to see that. I, I just, really don't. I'm done with yeah, Baron versus Finn. Yeah, I hope this is just more setting up Baron as, like, you know, this, you know, abuser of power who's really, you know, going to go to all lengths to get himself over. So, um, you know, if anything, I feel like it'll lead to, hopefully, like, a match between, like, him and Angle or something like that for the GM role or something. So, we'll see. Like, maybe Survivor Series. Maybe that's what you'll get. You'll get, like, you know, a team angle against team, like, Corbin. I could see that happening. Yeah, but they're going to want Finn to be doing something. Well, you have Finn on uh, team angle. Well, I'm, I'm saying, like, right now. Oh, like, oh, you're saying you're, you're still terrified of the Hell in the Cell? Yeah. I feel right now, with the matches they've announced already, I feel like they're going to have a pretty full card. So, we'll see, though. I mean, I wouldn't put it past them. I just, mm-hmm. I don't want to see it. I feel like the climax of that whole feud was the demon coming out, so I don't know where you go at this point. So, um, so not much else happens here. Um, I'm trying to think. You had the women come out and really just hyping up the Bellas really being back in the company, it seemed like. Which is fantastic. Yay. Yay. Um, they're having some kind of match next week, I believe. Yeah, um, it's um, the Bella Twins versus Riot Squad. Oh, whatever. And I believe they're having some kind of... I th- maybe it's at the Australia event where they're teaming with Ronda, Ronda yeah. against the Riot Squad. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, someone's going to turn on someone there. 
I'm, I'm guessing it's going to be Nikki turning on, you know, Ronda or something. Great. To set up a match between them at, you know. Evolution, yeah. Yeah, so whatever. Um, and then, okay, so the most interesting part of the night. You have the main event, Roman and Braun versus Ziggler and McIntyre. Everything's going great. Roman is looking for the tag from Braun, um, working, working, working it. Braun doesn't get in the match at all, which is a telltale sign. <laughs> um, finally gets the tag, and Braun just stands there. Um, Roman continues to get his ass kicked. Once Ziggler realizes that Braun's not getting in the ring, they both just jump on Roman and start beating the shit out of him. Eventually, Braun enters the ring and joins in on it, and they're all three of them just decimating Roman. The shield comes out. They take out the shield quickly. Um, and then they stand in the ring together, all three of them, and they raise each other's hands. So it looks like Braun has turned heel. Thoughts? Um, mistake? I mean, he's still going to be cheered. Yes. Let's let's be honest. Um, what, what did we see from the last time he was heel? That's immediately, that's how it got him over. That's how he got over. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I'm not finished with you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh huh. It it just feels once again WWE being so desperate to get Roman over, putting him with the Shield, turning Braun, who's the company's biggest babyface, regardless mm. of what they want um, right now, and turning Braun, you know, heel against Roman. It's not gonna work. It's just not gonna work. But it just feels like they're so desperate. To be right about Roman as a face, it's they, just they such shoot a like they shoot off on this way too quickly too. Like every time, it's yes. immediate. Like it oh, felt, we have to get him over now. It feels very. It, it, just the whole angle felt very like hot shot. Like they just like they're going for it. You know, um, this felt like it could have been stretched out over a couple weeks. And usually, mm. I hate that, but it, it would have been a build at least. Mm. Um, this felt out of nowhere. This made no sense story-wise. Um, you know, I don't know. And Braun was... in the commentators, too, because I was like, well, maybe maybe not. Maybe it's just like a one-night-only thing. But then when they, like, literally held each other's hands up and the commentators kept on, like, speculating, you know, was this the plan all along? You know, was this something that he worked out with Ziggler and McIntyre? Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, okay, they're really pushing the fact that, you know, Braun did turn heel here. So, um... I don't know. Just desperate, man. Just desperate. I mean, at least it's something different, but at the same time, I almost... It's like watching a car accident where you just can't turn away because <laughs> you know it's going to go horribly. It's going to fail. There's... The crowd... Like, the crowd was still cheering Braun while it was mm-hmm. happening. So, um, even last week when the Shield reunited, the crowd was booing the Shield. Like, half of the crowd was booing the Shield. You know, even though he had that huge, like, you know, reunion of sorts, the crowd still, like, was behind Braun. So I don't see, I mean, I maybe they figure, like, he, being with Ziggler and McIntyre will get him booze, but the crowd secretly likes Ziggler yeah. and McIntyre. So <laughs> it's really not going to do anything. McIntyre's um, really over. Ziggler's yeah. always been kind of like a tweener over. Exactly. Exactly. So it just seems like overkill. And like my question too is like, what the fuck was the point of Braun having the money in the bank if he's just gonna set up a pay per view match? Um, 
Like you don't, so you lose all the drama that comes with the money in the bank. Yeah, it, that match could have taken place regardless of them having the you know briefcase. What was the point? To be able to call him the monster in the just, bank and sell shirts. Yeah. God, man, I just don't understand this booking at all. It's so disappointing. Um, so, cause I, I'll be honest. Like after the shield, like got together and everything, it's like okay, well maybe they're gonna do something different. Maybe they're gonna be creative here, and they're gonna have, you know, Roman and the shield be kind of these tweeners. Maybe mm-hmm. they're gonna have the shield kind of protecting Roman, you know, acting like their faces, but their actions are really, you know, that of heels. You know, the way they took up Ron and everything. Nope. Nope, this week they were pure baby faces. They should have just gone for like a title sweep. They took the tag titles. They have um, Rons holding the IC title, have him holding. That would have been great. Have, like, we're taking over. Exactly. Like, old school NWO, like, you know, we're taking. This is, this is our yard now, you know. I would have, lo- I would have, I would, it would have gotten over with me, you know. I can deal with that, but it's just, it's too ballsy for them at this point. They just can't change course for some reason. You know, we're stuck with the face Roman Reigns. It's really, really disappointing. So, um... Was there anything interesting on SmackDown? Eh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you watched SmackDown. What did you think? Um, it was fun. I mean, I guess. I, Booker T I, showed up, <laughs> coordinated uh, New Day as the five-time tag team mm. champions. They all tried to do spin-a-roonies. That's how I, they started the show. Are they going to be, like, doing five-time, five-time all the time now? I, I hope not. Um, Will that be the one of their new chants? Instead of saying who, they're going to be like, five-time, five-time? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past them. Um, while juggling pancakes. Um, yeah, I, yeah, that's how they started the show. I was like, okay, that's a weird, you know... Uh, start to a smack just not, you would never see that on Raw mm-hmm. never with a comedy bit like that um, but it just shows you what shows the A show and what shows yeah. the B show uh, you have it looks like another tag tournament happening for the number one contendership um, seems like they just keep you had the bar recycling yes like that just I, and I don't mind tournaments and I like that it kind of makes sense like okay you gotta earn that number one contendership but it does feel like we just saw this like literally like three weeks ago mm-hmm. so so the bar defeated the club and I don't know if that was to get into the tournament or if that was part of the tournament but it looks like they're gearing up for the bar versus the new day like that's gonna be the new feud so um, you know which I'm fine with I like the bar we'll see where they go um, what else happened on this show you saw oh you had uh, Almas versus uh, Daniel Bryan yes which so, was a great match yeah yeah um, it only went maybe like five minutes but what we saw was you know mm. almost got a lot of offense in so it feels like you know they're behind him once again you know <laughs> we're getting this kind of like stop and start thing with him mm. I think you say they've um, been putting a lot of attention on his uh, manager uh, Zelina yes yes it seemed like they're kind of I don't know I don't know like I, I Vince has a little bit of a crush on her right mm. now like, once he found out that she can wrestle, too, like, I feel like the focus is a little too much on her, um, which worries me. But, I mean, they put him in a nice match against Brian and really showed off his skills once again. So I feel like they're building him up slowly. Um, so, uh, but then you had The Miz come out, interfere in the match, mm-hmm. and you had Maurice also come out, and they kind of put the beat down on, you know, Brian and Brie. So, 
you know, were leading to what a mixed tag match at Hell in a Cell, which yeah. I guess it's just another chapter in their story. That um, should have been in a cell. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. I feel like every match is in a cell right now. Uh, and I don't. Maybe I got something wrong, but it feels like Joe and AJ are in a cell. Um, oh, we found out that Orton and Hardy yes. is going to be in a cell. And I feel like Roman and Braun are in a cell. I just, that's overkill. If that's the truth, if you're going to have three Hell in a Cell matches on that pay-per-view, I'm not a fan at all. I think the only one that I haven't I haven't heard being confirmed was Joe versus Styles. I thought they, maybe I'm wrong, maybe they just announced it as a match, but I thought that was going to be in the Hell in a Cell. And I feel like out of all of them, that one makes sense. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, whatever. So, but yeah, so yeah, you had Hardy come out and challenge Orton to the Hell in the Cell. Orton did not accept, he just dropped his mic and walked away. So, he'll accept eventually. (laughs) After he's attacked him from behind. Yes, yes, and put his finger through his fucking earlobe again. (laughs) The creepy bastard. Unless he's behind a curtain and he just goes... (laughs) Yes, I'll be there. I guess at least it was his finger, not something else. Yes. Uh, <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. What a perv. Um, so moving on. Uh, what? Oh, okay. So you had then Charlotte versus um Carmella. Carmella. Um, Carmella which, putting on the offense again. Oh, way too much offense. <laughs> Like literally, it was touch and go. Like she right could have won clean. Oh, right away, right away when they announced this match, I was like, "Oh God, Carmella's gonna win," you know. And I mean, I my thought behind it was, "What a great way to get Becky heat if you have her cost Charlotte the match against mm. fucking Carmella because the fans hate Carmella right now." Um, so I felt like that could get Becky some heat. Um, instead, they had Charlotte go over cleanly, which, good, she should, but then you had Becky come out and just pummel her. Yep. And how did the crowd react? Go, Becky, go. <laughs> yes, literally the biggest baby reaction of the entire night. Um, she got on the microphone and called her a bitch, yep. too, and the crowd went fucking ballistic for that. I mean, she's fucking stone cold. Right I mean, now. you might as well put that on a shirt. Yes, you yeah. bitch. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god. I mean, she can't get any more over right no. now. So they need to like, if they're gonna stay in the course. I mean, maybe this is the character. Maybe she is just a badass character now. Um, but it doesn't feel like that's necessarily what she's going for. So maybe they'll change it. But if they want her to be a true heel, they need to do something yeah. to change it. Like she's gotta like at least act cowardly a few times or, you know, lash out at the fans more. Um, she kind of made it a tough last week. It was a good promo she cut. It just wasn't enough. Um, if you watch that back, that segment back, she does make an attempt to run away from Charlotte briefly. Um, they need to do more of that. Mm. You know, that's what I mean by, like, cowardly. They need to have more moments like that. So, um, but right now, this is just, I, I could almost see, like, a double turn happening. Where (laughs) Charlotte goes heel just because the crowd is just, just, I mean, all over her. But if they do that, hopefully they don't immediately send Becky back to being, you know, smiling. No, no, they need to keep this edge with her Mm. if they do that. I agree, you know. Have her, like, truly be this fiery character that they always talk about, Mm. you know. And have her be, like, this, you know, female Stone Cold. I think that'd be kind of cool. 
Um, so I, I don't know. Uh, oh, you had Joe come out and talk shit. Yes. Again, you know, and Styles finally having enough of it, running after him. Called his wife. Yes, called his wife. And then, to me, it seemed like he was foreshadowing showing up at their house next week. So he kind of mentioned a back-to-school barbecue. Well, maybe I'll see you next Tuesday. So I feel like we're going to get a segment with Joe, you know, at, you know, Styles' house, which is kind of creepy. Um, so who's your daddy? <laughs> Hey, Wendy! As long as he kicks down the door like Triple H, I mean... I oh, you're know. talking about uh, Triple H and Orton? Orton, yes. Oh, God. <laughs> and Did it, oh, didn't Orton, like, like kiss Stephanie while she was, like, after he knocked yes. her out, too? Didn't he, he punt Stephanie I guess he's always been a fucking creep, right? Yes. He punted Vince. Yeah, I know. Oh, that's when I loved I love that moment. Yeah. <laughs> I was all about that, Orton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. I could care less for Legacy. That was probably time, one of but... his best, like, heel runs right there. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that, because, yeah, he was a true blue heel then. So, um... Saying that he has a mental disorder and shit. Oh, he did. As an excuse. Yeah. <laughs> well, it made sense, so... But it, it, it... I don't know. I don't know. I've enjoyed the heel turn so far, um, but... I don't know, it felt like they kind of pumped the brakes a little on it. You know, maybe with all the controversy and everything around him. So, hopefully they get back on track. You really gotta have something. I don't know. I feel like you need more to warn a hell in the cell at this point. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know what else they have up their sleeve. But, you know, it's gotta be something more. You know, because this just feels like the program has just started for them to be Mm -hmm. jumping in the cell. So, I mean... They don't give a shit, though. It's not the first angle they fast-tracked. This is just for a spot. And we've heard I mean, in uh, past interviews, when uh, Hardy first came back to the company, he talked about like his dream match being in the Hell in a Cell because he's never been in one. Mm-hmm. So this kind of seems like on his bucket list. So I, I have a feeling it's more like placating him and you know giving him what, is, what he wants. So, um, yeah. It is what it is, man. I just can't see three Hell in a Cell matches. Is. That just waters it down so much. I was fine with like, you know, one male hell in the cell match and one female hell in the cell match. Mm, I really that's thought, what I expected. I really thought it was going to be Becky and like Charlotte. Mm. So, um, boy, you never know. It could be four. God, that's like that fucking uh, TNA uh, pay per view back in the lock in or whatever, where all the matches were in a fucking cage. Yeah, that didn't get old quickly. <laughs> so, but yeah, hopefully not. But that's it for wrestling. Oh, we've got a, a pretty big event happening yeah, coming this weekend. here. Yes, here, and we'll be nowhere near it. <laughs> we didn't get tickets, tickets. went out right away. Right away. I couldn't Holy afford the, shit. the scalp not, tickets. Yeah, so. I'm not spending $400 on uh, that ticket. So. Could, I could check my email, see if we won. Oh, yeah, the contest? <laughs> <laughs> so maybe we'll go. We'll see. Um, so, yeah, we've got... Quite the card shaping up. Um, is there a match? Uh, we're of course. I'm sorry. We're talking about all in. Mm-hmm. You know, we live in Chicago, so <laughs> I guess we didn't really say what we're talking about yet. But all in is this weekend. It's finally here. Um, it's been kind of dubbed like the indie WrestleMania at this point. Yes. So, um, is there a match that stands out for you that you're really looking forward to? Um, I really want to see Pentagon going up against Kenny. Uh, yes. I think that's going to be a barn burner. Um, 
Where, where did I, I? What else is on this card? I had it up. Okada um, versus Girl. I want to see that match. Uh, I've I, loved all the work they've done with uh, the 205 live jokes. And I the, think that could be fun. Yes. I, I am looking for it because it is. It feels like the styles are so different, mm. but I know they'll make it entertaining. So I'm curious about that. Um, what else is on here? Um, God, Cody's match. You know, just his history with the NWE title and his, you know, his father's history, I should say, with the NWE title. That should be fun. Um, but I'm, just, I'm not a big fan of his opponent in it whatsoever. Uh -huh. I'm not, I've never been really that interested in him. This Magnus, right? From, uh, what's his, what, what's his actual name? Nick Aldez? Yeah. So, and he was Magnus in, um, TNA. So, um... I, the guy can go though. I will say that. I mean, he can wrestle. So it could, it, it's going to be a good fucking match. Um, I don't know if they've done enough to hype the angle. Mm -hmm. You know, I, and I feel like this is the only match with a real like angle to it. But um, I don't know. I, I'm curious to see where they go with that. It's really interesting what they're doing with that NWA title because there really isn't an NWA organization. Like it's basically like they're traveling with the belt to other organizations and like he's defending them. Billy Corgan owns like that title and like you know the name NWA so like they have him kind of like going old school with it where he's going to like the different territories mm -hmm. and you know taking on different opponents so I'm curious to see like how that would work like if you have a title change you know I mean Cody would Cody just, take it over to New Japan and yeah I mean Cody feels like the perfect guy to drop the belt to and mm -hmm. be a great story. Um, but I don't know if they'd be willing to do that. So, but I'm looking forward to an awesome match. I mean, he'd bring a lot of attention to that title. He man. would. He would. I just don't know how that works with all this. Then, like, do they go... I don't know. It's a weird situation. <laughs> That's just, like, one guy with the belt. Mm -hmm. So, um... But, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a bet. You know they have some surprises up their sleeves, I'm sure. Um, the dream match with the Golden Elite and um, Mysterio and I can't think of the other luchadors with him right now. Bandito and Phoenix, I yes. believe. Um, that's going to be fun. Mm. You know, um, just seeing Mysterio against the Young Bucks is going to be awesome. I don't really know the other All luchadors. of those opponents are going to be flying. Yes. Oh, and Ibushi too. Exactly. Jesus Christ. Um, that's going to be intense. So... Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's going to be an event, so, um, you know, and it could lead to some big things. So, I mean, definitely, I mean, subscribe. it's going to be streaming on Fight TV, yes. I believe, so I will definitely be streaming it, um, and we'll have a, a recap. Yes, we'll definitely know, be talking week. about it in the next episode. Yes, absolutely. So, I um, mean, hopefully this leads to big things for them, you know, we'll get it all in too. I mean, I'm sure they're already in talks yes. for it, so. <laughs> especially after they fucking sold out um, Madison Square Garden. I mean, that's insane. Mm -hmm. So For Ring of Honor and... Uh, yes, yeah. New Japan and everything, but you know that's mostly on, like, the Elite's back, I feel like, still. I mean, it's WrestleMania weekend, so you've got that built-in mm -hmm. audience, but God, that's huge. Huge. And it really is going to make them pay, man. It's <laughs> going to be so ugly. It really seems that they still are not interested in leaving and going to WWE. At this I point. don't think so. I really don't think so. Like Even hearing, Kenny feels like he's 
sticking out. Hearing, like, interviews and everything, I know they always... I feel like every year they do this where they kind of tease it and everything mm. with the contracts. Um, but, like, especially for the Young Bucks, I don't know what the upside is. If it's just something that's in their blood and, mm. like, that's the pinnacle of, you know, their career to them, like, you know, reaching the WWE and being successful, I get it. That's their dream. But... Otherwise, I mean, giving up so much control and, you know, I mean, they basically book their own shit yeah. at this point. I mean, they're so over. I mean, and I don't even, I mean, McMahon's going to have to, like, have to, like, offer them, you know, the, the world. Yes, yeah, exactly. you know, to get them. Because it's going to, I mean, you, they're going to lose all their merchandise deals. They're gonna, I mean, yeah, just, they'd lose a lot. They'd have to really work out like a special deal with them, mm-hmm. you know. I, but McMahon's got all the money in the world to play with now. After that TV deal, he really does. That TV deal really changes the industry as a whole, honestly. Because now I think that's gonna set kind of the standard for other like. Because I mean, it's all about content right now. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you might see like an ROH or a TNA starting to get bigger deals because of that. Because you know other you know networks are going to want to compete or want to get like you and know that would be all, all great in, yeah you know so you know maybe i don't know if they'll ever get to the level of wwe but i mean you might see some healthy competition that's all i want mm. you know i want that alternative out there and i feel like wwe works best when there's competition you know we've seen it time and time again um so and God, man, what a worthy opponent, you know, <laughs> to have. You know, if you have the Young Bucks and the Elite, you know. Man, um, we'll see, though. We'll see. Cody Rhodes' <laughs> revenge. <laughs> right. Um, all right, well, that's going to do it for this week. Yeah, it's a shorter episode this week. Holy shit, we did it, Christian. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we got some shout-outs. These are some podcasts that we're fans of, and we think you should be, too. So yes. check them out. All right, first up, Flix X-Ray, a podcast of a movie lover who's joined by guests um, that are brought in to um, discuss films. It's like a book club for movies, and you can check them out on iTunes and Google Play. Next up, we got Friday the 13th Horror Podcast, a podcast all about horror in real life and horror in the media, all with a fabulous LGBT perspective. Episodes at legionpodcast.com slash Friday the 13th. Um, follow them on Twitter, and I'm sure you can check them out on all your popular podcast mm. forums. So Next up is MC Variety Hour, two girls, one podcast, and a whole lot to talk about. Um, and I know you can check them out over on iTunes um, and follow them on Twitter. So, um, and last but not least is Yes But Why Podcast. Yes But Why Podcast interviews comedians and writers and musicians to understand what it takes to live a creative life. It's funny. Part of the HCU Universe slash network. Um, give them a listen. Yeah, give them a listen. And you should also listen to us. Yes, of course. Continue to listen to us because we're going to keep pumping out these episodes. I think we got <laughs> Regardless if you like it or not. <laughs> anyway, I think there's, there's going to be some interesting content coming up. we got a lot of horror coming uh, up. Yes, we do. It's, it's fall season. It's a you good know. season for horror. Mm-hmm. It's looking on the up and up. Um, yeah, and 
you know, we got a lot of movies coming out, mm -hmm. a lot of great comics coming out, some big events. So, um, yeah, check us out, you know, as you already did. Yes. If you got this far into the episode. <laughs> so, but yeah, um, where can you find us at? Oh, Christian? well, you can find us on iTunes, Podbean, Spreaker, Stitcher, um, Player FM. Google Play. Google Play. I wish for iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio. And there's probably a couple Did you more. say Spotify? I did say Spotify. So All right. I promise. Podbean. Podbean is our home. This is our actual home. Yes. So. I just don't even think about it at this point. Um, follow us on Twitter. Man, yeah. Follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, we are very social media heavy. Yes. Damon over here is the king of social media. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say. go that far. I, I'm, I'm going to give it to you because you are... You were killing it lately. So, well, follow us. We're hopefully offering you some different content on each one of those platforms. Yes. So, try to change it up. Mm. Um, give us a follow, and you know, reach out to us. You know, if you got feedback, we'd love to hear it. Yeah, if you uh, if you enjoyed our talk about Comic Con, you could definitely check out all the great cosplay that we did that we saw. Not we did do. We're not yes. in costume people. <laughs> not That's yet, at least. Yeah. Maybe we'll make a calendar. If it gets listens, I'll, I'll dress up. <laughs> But yes, uh, there was tons of great people out there. Uh, definitely check it out um, on our Instagram. Uh, That's right. And uh, you know what? Make sure, please, you know, uh, subscribe, yes. review, rate, you know, all that good stuff that every podcast tells you to do. Mm. We're asking also because it really <laughs> keeps us going. Yes. Um, definitely subscribe. I mean, that way you stick together. Or stick up to date with every single episode. Yes, and they're coming out weekly. So, yes. you know, uh, but yeah, lots of great content. Um, also, um, shout out to our house DJ uh, mm -hmm. who did our intro for us, Drake Brebner. You can follow us on SoundCloud. You can follow him on SoundCloud. Yes. We're not on SoundCloud, I don't think. Uh, no. But you could follow him <laughs> on SoundCloud, um, putting out great music. Mm. He's also on Instagram. And then um, our house band right now that you're listening to, uh, Them Guilty Aces. They're on iTunes. they got some videos up on YouTube. Um, and they tour around the Chicagoland area. Yeah. So, you know, check them out. All right. And I think that's going to do it for this episode. That's right. So this is Christian. And this is Damon. And that was The Amazing Nerd Show. Somebody gotta do to get a little decent help up in this motherfucker.